Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tuesday morning, back here on the Nielsen-rated number one news talk show in New York City and the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in the country. And we are Bernie and Sid in the morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Always good to get a little guns and roses, get you going on a Tuesday morning. going to be a gorgeous day today. Next couple of days, including yesterday, highs in the mid to upper 70s. We're in the 60s right now. Feels like uh, completely different than a week ago. We were in the mired in that 97, 98 degrees. I walked out of my house and I started sweating. I live on the beach and I started sweating. Not the case. Chilly morning, almost like fall, if you will. Reminds me of a September morning, not November or December, September at uh, MetLife Stadium, right before a giant football game. So it is gorgeous. It will be gorgeous the next couple of days, if not the rest of the summer. We are winding it down, folks, winding it down. I uh, think me and Bernie said, well, we're down to three more summer weekends, including Labor Day, and that's it. And then it's a full throttle football season, the big uh, elections coming up in November, those midterms, full throttle here on Bernie and Sid. Now, Bernie is not here today. He's not feeling well, bottom line. Uh, texted me last night. He will not be here today. He will not be here tomorrow. And uh, we hope he's back on Thursday. I'm waiting to hear back from Bernard later on today, see how he's feeling. But, um, you know, I can lie to you and tell you that he, he's doing great and he's feeling great. But, you know, if you listen to the show, you can tell. And I can't tell you how many guys and girls text me and go, wow. I can tell Bernie wasn't feeling great today. Um, doesn't minimize the courage and um, what he does when he is here, which is always great. 
even if he's not feeling great and his voice isn't up to par, he's great. You know, he comes prepared. He uh, knows what he's talking about. He's certainly very opinionated. He's very, very bright. And he and I have great chemistry, great chemistry, and have, by the way, for 20-plus years. So I come on the air uh, on a day like today, and I'm going to give you a great show because that's what I do. But, you know, don't think for one second that in the back of my mind I'm not thinking about Bernard, and, um, and it's, you know, it's, it's tough on me. You know, he's obviously the guy that's going through the real deal here. And um, I never want to compare what I'm going through to what he's going through. But, you know, when I get a text laying in bed at 8.30 on a Tuesday night, hey, I'm not doing that great. And the more specifics, which I won't get into, but it joys me, you know. I'm friends with this guy for a very long time, and we've gotten so, 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 so close over the last six years that um, – it jars me, you know, but I have to come to work and I got to put on a show and that's why they pay me the money they do. And that's why they've ultimately given me the responsibility to uh, help make this show number one, which I've done. Bernie's done. The whole crew is done. So I got to go to work. Right. Uh, nobody cares. You know, if the quarterback is if, if Zach Wilson is hurt, then uh, someone's got to fill in. Now, this is a little more life threatening, obviously, than a, than a, a knee injury to Zach Wilson. I understand that. But uh, I need to come to work and um, and do my job. But uh, in the back of my mind, I'm certainly thinking about Bernard. I hope he feels a little better today. He was not feeling well last night. And uh, hopefully he'll be back on Thursday or Friday. Now, we do have a uh, a great guest list today. Bo Deedle is always great on a Tuesday morning. Always great. He'll be here at 740. Coming up at 840, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. And, yes, she's going to talk about monkeypox. But a bigger story for me is the U.S. Open. You know, when um, when somebody writes about me, whether it's the New York Post, the Daily News, some Fakakta blog somewhere, it doesn't matter. I get this uh, email notification on Google, from Google, that my name has popped up somewhere. So for folks that have followed my career for a long time, go all the way back to 2001 when I started on the IMAs in the Morning program and Lewis was there, and I um, I made a very unfortunate irresponsible, offensive joke about Serena and Venus Williams. And, and I say all those words, I mean those. You know, I've written both of my books and how remorseful I am. And, you know, listen, you, you, I'm a young kid. I'm in my 30s. All I want to do is impress the I-man. And when I got to New York to work for Don, I, I thought anything went. And it did, by the way. Anything went. So I said this horrible thing about the Williams sisters. And I was fired. Uh, but I was brought back the very next day. I'll never forget, you know, I was living in uh, Riverdale in the Bronx. And Mark Chernoff, the night before, after I made those comments about the Williams sisters, said, um, well, you know, it's starting to heat up a little bit. So just be prepared. I may have to call you tonight. Yeah, back um, up a little bit. Like, what are you talking about? I, I've been listening to Imus for 30 years. What I said was nothing, you know. Um, but it was. The New York Post jumped on it, the New York Times. And so Chernoff called me back that uh, that night, and he said, uh, you're not coming in tomorrow. And um, at the very least, you're suspended. You may be fired. So uh, I get up the next morning, and um, Danielle, my beautiful wife, was in Florida. And I was living in Riverdale in the Bronx in the Century Building. And I, she, didn't, I didn't know you lived in Riverdale. Yes, I, I did. Riverdale too. When I first lived in uh, in New York, I first, that's what my first address when I came back in uh, 2000 from Florida was Riverdale in the what, Bronx. What off the Henry the Century Building, that big building with the tennis courts and the pool and 
off of 200 and something street. I don't know. Okay. It's a fancy building. A lot of Jewish people live there. It's a nice area. <laughs> it's so. a very nice area. Yeah. So Danielle calls me the next morning from Florida. She goes, thank God I'm reading the New York Post. I'm looking at the back of the paper. Your name is not here. Thank God. I said, oh, good, okay, because I was just getting up, you know, and I had no idea what to expect that day other than I've been suspended, maybe fired. And then, uh, I, you know, she stays on the phone, and then she starts to scream. I'm like, what? What's going on? Well, I checked the front of the paper, and you're on page three of the New York Post. Picture of Venus, picture of Sid Rosenberg, oh, picture of Don Imus. Now, no one knows who I am. You have to understand, I'm in my 30s. I never worked in New York before. I got this job. Chernoff gave it to me. I was in New York for maybe a month. No one had any idea who I was. And I'm on page three of the New York Post. She's like, you're done. Your career is over. You're finished. And she hangs up the phone. So I don't hear from Danielle. She's in Florida. I'm in the Bronx. I'm ready to kill myself. And then throughout the day, little by little, every single show started sticking up for me. And the biggest one was Howard Stern. And people were, why do you like Howard so much? Besides the fact that he's far and away the most talented radio host of all time, Howard Stern could practically save my career because Imus was ready to just let me go. He didn't care. He knew me for all of three weeks, right? I, I got him in all kinds of trouble. So Stern goes on the air that morning, reads a New York Post with Robin and goes, I got to tell you, Robin, I have no idea who this guy Sid Rosenberg is. No idea. But first off, what he said was kind of funny. Okay, that's the first thing he says. By the way, he's still on K-Rock at this time. It's still syndicated radio. It's not Sirius XM. And then he goes, and of all people, Don Imus is going to suspend or fire somebody for making a racially insensitive joke. Robin, how many times did Imus call you the blank, blank word? And they go on this whole discussion about Imus. And uh, at the time, Howard and Don both worked for Mel Carmison. Same family. And I remember calling Danielle and saying, listen, I don't know if I'm ever getting my job back. It may be over. But Howard Stern right now, and she's a diehard Stern fan, my wife, Howard Stern right now is talking about me, and he's saying that Imus is a hypocrite. Do you know that about an hour after that, I got a phone call, Lou, from Kara Dugan, who said, and I quote, the I-Man wants to talk to you and bring you back? Throughout the day, Rush Limbaugh, other people who had no idea who I was, they had no idea who I was. They said, you're really going to fire a guy for one silly attempt at humor? See, back then, people weren't like the way they were today. There was no cancel culture. And my barometer is bad because it doesn't even make a, make a dent in me. Not I mean, even a dent. Nothing. Hey, Lou, I got, I got news for you. I had to make a tape for Mark Chernoff when I was down in Florida. This was on my resume tape. The exact joke I said on the IMA show, so you know they never listen to these tapes, was on my resume tape. So I said to myself, if I can say it on my tape, certainly I can say it on the air. So long story short, uh, IMA's brought me back. Now, I had to write letters, apology letters, to Richard Venus and Serena and read them on the air. This I remember. That was humiliating. <laughs> that was so epic. I wanted to punch IMA's across the face. Ridiculous. But I needed the job, so I did it. How ridiculous was that? If all the things over the years that he said, Lou, and I know he groveled to the Rutgers coach and all that nonsense in 2007, but this is back in 2001, 2000, when he did that type of stuff with no remorse. And I'm reading letters. I'm this young 30-something-year-old sports guy 
trying to make a career for myself in New York, trying to impress the Iron Man, and he let me out there to just die. Of it was course. Like, it was like throwing Stephen Hawking out in a 90-degree sunshine in the <laughs> afternoon with nowhere to get back inside the house. <laughs> we'll be right back, Stephen. Hang on. Hang on a sec. <laughs> so anyway, so now Serena is coming up to play in the U.S. Open here. It'll be her last tennis tournament of all time. And I'm already getting all these Google updates because every column about Serena Williams talks about all of the race uh, issues that she had to face along the way. She had to face all these racial barbs in this brilliant career along the way. And every one of these stories mentions sports commentator Sid Rosenberg on the Imus in the Morning Show. This is 20-something years ago. I swear on my kids. i got to tell you something, folks. I have lost so many job opportunities, sports especially, the Yes Network, SNY, all these sports networks that love me. To this day, they think I'm better than anything out of the air right now, anything. But they still won't hire me. They still won't. Some of these, uh, well, they got no backbone. I mean, let's be honest. 20-something years ago, over a stupid comment. I mean, hardly the worst thing you could possibly say. So they got no backbone anyway, but I am still feeling the effects of that day 20-something years later. And now all these idiots are writing stories about Serena and finding a way to include me. Is that not ridiculous, Lewis? So now it's ready. You're ready to get into the post again. Let's go. Yeah, let's Say go. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to page two. <laughs> no, I've learned my lesson. I figured it out. There was a time when I just drove off the cliff. Now I drive to the very edge of the cliff. I stop my car. I take a look at the scenery. And I get back in the car and drive home. But uh, those days, I just drove right over. And by the way, so did Bernie. I mean, Bernie said some things along the way over the years, and he's not here to defend himself. A lot worse than what I said. A A lot worse. I mean, give me a break. No? It was like, it looked like Normandy Beach some mornings. It yes. was like bullets going all over the place. It was the wild, wild. It was great radio. Control room to the studio. Oh, God, come on. Please. Well, how could you have a barometer? <laughs> right. I don't even know what was. Did you dump that? No, I don't even. I don't even know what's occurring. Right. Dump what? No. Please. So Sapphire is coming on today to talk about Djokovic not being able to play at the U.S. Open. That whole Serena story and people love the history stuff. It was uh, all an attempt to uh, talk about what Sapphire is talking about today, which again, Djokovic cannot play in the U.S. Open. So we'll talk to her. At the 925, we'll talk to Dove Heikind, and he's all furious at the governor, Kathy Hochul, as he should be, because uh, she's telling Jewish people like me not to move to Florida because she's a better governor than Ron DeSantis. Uh, you can't make this up. I played it yesterday with Bernard. You cannot make this up. Don't move to Florida. The better governor is here. This lady should be put in a white jacket, in a white room, with reruns of Laverne and Shirley for the next 25 years, and some soft food, and that's it. That's it. So anyway, he's coming on at 925. You know, Rudy's in uh, the great state of Georgia, where the Mets got their asses kicked last night. Mets, Mets, like, never lose a game. They got drilled by the Braves last night. So now that lead in the NL East is down to four and a half, and they will play the Braves the next uh, three nights in a row. But... um Rudy's there in Georgia because he's um, he's going to prison forever. That's it. He, he, they're locking him up. He was involved in this uh, the whole the rigged the election, and uh, that's it. He's finished. I'm kidding, of course. Donald Trump, the the raid at Mar-a-Lago, Rudy Giuliani tomorrow in Georgia. All these exercises in mental masturbation 
which go nowhere because uh, those guys did nothing wrong, despite the contention of the federal government and this grand jury. So Rudy is in Georgia. I believe he is set to testify tomorrow. Frank Morano, who will join me at about 640, about this uh, incredible 10th congressional district race here in New York. It's very exciting stuff. I think he said he testifies today. I think it's tomorrow. But Rudy was on with my man, John Katsimatidis, the great John Katsimatidis, on Cats at Night, 5 o'clock every weekday. And, of course, he does that great Sunday show, too, Cats Roundtable, 8 a.m. every Sunday morning. But at 5 last night, Rudy was on, and he was talking about this uh, trip to Georgia. And he says in this clip, uh, number 9, that uh, what they're doing down in Georgia, un-American. Lewis, Rudy Giuliani, number 9. I, I should tell people I was his attorney in that proceeding. I never appeared as anything else but his attorney. So this is a rather... Uh, similar kind of situation of what we've been seeing, which is a complete distortion of the Constitution. Complete distortion of the Constitution. And Rudy, of course, uh, is correct. Correct, I should say. Then he goes on to say, of all the cities in America, Atlanta may be the worst. Number 10. I mean, the situation in Atlanta is a disaster. Atlanta is maybe one of the three or four most crooked cities in the country. It's dominated by the Democratic Party. It's a democratic dictatorship. I'm not backing out, but God Almighty! I mean, every other mayor of Atlanta goes to jail. Yeah, pretty true. Uh, Atlanta, Los Angeles, New York—all these blue cities, the most corrupt cities in the country. To Rudy's point, and finally, number eleven, the great esteemed mayor and dear friend of mine, Rudy Giuliani, goes on to talk about the double standard that exists in America today. You're damn right there's a double standard, and it's ripping the country apart. That's really the reason for our disunity. When you see Hunter Biden and Joe Biden going off on a paid-for vacation that they're not paying for when they've, you know, stolen millions, and meanwhile Trump's house is being raided for no reason, his wife's bedroom is being torn apart, you say to yourself, there's something wrong in this country. There is something wrong in this country, and uh, again, Rudy Giuliani in the state of Georgia wasting his time, wasting taxpayer money, but he will come out unscathed, just like Donald Trump will with this FBI raid, because when you're innocent, you're just innocent, bottom line. Phone is blowing up. People loved that Howard Stern his story. Uh, yeah, I can laugh about it now, 21 years later, but when I was in my 30s, and my first opportunity in New York wasn't even a month old. It was very scary for me and Danielle. But now that's the type of stuff that makes for good books. I'll get to that. I'll be making an appearance in Ridgewood, one of my favorite bookstores in the country, Bookends in Ridgewood, New Jersey, coming up September the 8th. The same night, I'm on the Mark Levin Show, which is a huge Huge spot for me. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Again, big show today. We'll talk to Frank Morano coming up this hour. We'll talk to Bo Deedle coming up next hour. Dr. Nicole Sapphire in the 8 o'clock hour. And the great former Assemblyman Dove Hikind in the 9 o'clock hour. Keep it right here for the best talk show anywhere in the country. Bernie and Sid, some more Guns N' Roses.
on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So did you think your career was over after I did. that? I remember waking up the next morning going, I'm 33 years old, and I can't believe it's over. And I didn't listen to Imus, to be honest with you. I listen to you. Right. You know, and, but... Uh, well, so does Imus. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But in the 70s, when I was a kid going to school, my dad would listen to Imus, you know, right, right. Uh, before you were a monster star. And, and so I thought I knew a little bit about the show. So I figured when I got there, it was just total zany. No idea that he was trying to become a different type of guy. You well, know? here you are, a sports expert, and I can see you got the gift of gab and everything. But Thank sometimes, you. like, maybe you got to rein it in just a little bit and play the game a little just a little more time is all we're asking for Cause just a little more time could open closing doors Just a little uncertainty can bring it down There it is. That's me talking about the whole Venus Serena experience with Howard Stern. That was a 45-minute interview. I was scared to death. That was in 2007, that interview. It was right before the whole Rutgers scandal. And I missed the whole thing blew up right before that. Believe it or not, I, I was in New York doing the Howard Stern show, and um, which Howard and Gary made a big deal about. And on the way to New York, this is a true story, Mark Chernoff called me. And he said, listen, Chris Collin, fat Chris Collin, is going on his honeymoon, and we need somebody to do sports. Can you fill in from Florida? Now, I'm on my way to Howard Stern's show, and I know that Howard had one thing in mind, Blast Imus. That's it. That's all he wanted to do. <laughs> Here I got Chernoff asking me if I can go back on Imus's show. So Don't was... ever lose that tape. <laughs> no, no. I've got the whole thing. It's a video, 45 minutes. Me, Artie Lang, Robin Quivers, Howard Stern, the whole thing. So I had to be a little uh, lame, if you will, on the Stern show, Killing Imus. I was going to kill him. I was going to kill him. But I knew now I was going back on Imus's show, so I kind of pulled back a little bit. And sure enough, I did the show, you may remember, Lou, from the Super Bowl as a Miami host for Don Imus that year in Colin's absence. Just craziness, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working too long. I know. Oh I know. Uh, there is a huge race going on in New York, the Congressional 10th District. This is the race that the former mayor, Bill de Blasio, actually thought about uh, running for. He's already exited that. But uh, there's about 13 or 14 or 15 people. And when you talk local politics... In New York, and I mean this sincerely, nobody's better than Frank Morano. Uh, nobody. Nobody on this station. In fact, nobody comes close. Not me, not Bernie, nobody. Uh, Frank does a great job on the other side of midnight, and he uh, delves into these local races. And this one with Nadler and Maloney and others. No, this is the other. Excuse me. This is not their race. It's the 10th district. This one is becoming very interesting. So here he is to talk about it, the host of the other side of midnight, the great Frank Morano. Frank, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Uh, I mean, these races are interesting, but uh, I was a lot more interested hearing about your experience with uh, Imus and Howard Stern. I mean, you talk <laughs> about great radio. That that interview still holds up just as well today as it did uh, 15 years uh, ago. Great thank stuff. You. Thank you. Uh, people always ask me, you ever nervous? And I'm, I'm never nervous to go on the air. I mean, this is what I do, you know, but I, I was 
I was terrified. I was shaking. Lisa G uh, was on, uh, had a video camera. And as I walked from the green room where my dad, my late dad, and my wife, Danielle, were to the studios, you can see me visibly shaking, visibly shaking. I was so nervous. And it turned out to be 45 minutes of uh, both funny and hell. But uh, I've got that forever, so thank you for that. But let's get to this uh, this race. I see these commercials with this guy, Dan Goldman. I don't know who he is, but I know you do. You're well-versed in this. But all he talks about in these commercials is how, quote, I impeached Donald Trump as if he did it all by himself. And that's and that's all he's done, it seems like. What is going on with this guy? And is this guy, in fact, the leader in the clubhouse? Well, uh, there's a good chance, right? Uh, he certainly spent the most money, and all the other candidates, and uh, I believe there's 13 still in the race, have pointed out the fact that uh, I believe one of his opponents referred to him as a walking campaign finance loophole. He uh, is the heir to the Levi Strauss fortune. So he's got wow. a, lot, a lot of money. He's got somewhere, according to his financial disclosure, between $46 million and $265 million, and he is betting big on himself here. He's spending millions. He's doing not just cable, broadcast uh, TV commercials. And he got a big boost this week with the uh, New York Times endorsement. And this is a district that includes Park Slope, uh, Lower Manhattan, a little bit of the West Village. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Boy, the Yankees' offensive woes continue. Just spoke about it with Joe Nolan. They just can't hit. I mean, if Aaron Judge doesn't hit a home run, who knew that Giancarlo Stanton meant so much to this Yankee lineup? They just cannot get it done. Shut out last night by Tampa Bay, one nothing. Garrett Cole, real good outing. Good news for the Yankees is Toronto lost again, so their lead stays at 10 atop the AL East, but they can't win. they got to win some of these games. Here's their skipper. Aaron Boone after another disappointing loss for the Bombers last night. We are very much have everyone in there right now capable of turning around. We're getting shut down right now. That needs to change. we got to score, you know. So we got to, you know, I can sit here and talk to you about it. We need to go do it. We need to go, you know, be, be prepared, walk out there with some swagger and with some confidence and get it done. A lot of injuries, of course, LeMayhew, Stanton, but Yankees, still no excuse. Game two of that series against Tampa Bay in the Bronx later on tonight. Nesta Cortez on the mound for the Yankees. Ugly loss in Atlanta for the Mets last night. They were winning every day. They get blown out 13-1. to Just not a good game. Carrasco got hurt. He got bombed last night anyway. And an easy win for the Braves. The Met lead is now four and a half over Atlanta. They have three more games in Atlanta the next three days. Tawan Walker on the mound for the Mets tonight. Charlie Morton toes the rubber for the Braves. An exhibition football coming up this weekend. Week two for the Giants. They will host the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals Sunday at MetLife. Right now the Giants are a six-point favorite. The Jets... Monday night, no Zach Wilson. They'll have Joe Flacco and Mike White at quarterback. They'll take on the Atlanta Falcons, and they are a a two-and-a-half-point home dog. Sports brought to you by the great Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. The great Bo Deedle coming up at 740. This is Sid with Sports. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, Curtis is very close with Rudy. We know this. His Gumbadi Cheech. My Gumbadi Cheech here at the radio station is my bromance, Sid. Sidney Rosenberg. Love that guy. He left me a little present today. Uh, it's this new book that everybody's talking about. 
Citizens United. I think you all need to check it out if you haven't done so already. In fact, I'm going to give you the scoop right now on how you can meet Sid and get a copy of the book signed. Go see him and tell him I sent you on August 27th at Michael's of Brooklyn. It's at 12 noon. Go to his Instagram. There's details on how you can do it. And you tell him that his Gumbadi Cheech, Vinny Madunio, is encouraging you to pick up the next New York Times bestseller. Okay? That's all I'm going to say about it. And if you don't get the book, we're going to send Curtis to your house to rough you up a little bit. Spring was never waiting for a steal. It ran one step ahead as we followed in That was um, Vinny Madunio, and I guess he said that on his uh, Saturday night show last week. You know, I'll never forget. (laughs) Bernie won't forget it either. But it was uh, one morning, months and months ago, and we do the 77 WABC clip of the day. Today it's about Elvis. But uh, that specific morning, it was Vinny Madunio. And and I pulled a hissy fit, and it was on the air. So I'm not uh, hiding it. It was on the air. I'm like, what are we doing? We're discussing the most important topics in the world today. Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Eric Adams, all these important issues. Who in God's name is this kid from Staten Island who plays Donna Summers records, and why is he on my show? You remember that, right? Yeah, because I had just gotten back here, and I just had started. Oh, you were brand your, new here. Well, yeah, I came right. back. See, but you weren't used to that type of shit, because I was, oh, no, 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 I was no. a wall player with Imus. It wasn't like I was doing that type of I stuff. I was used to the yo-yo, though, of you. Well, well right. Which I'm just witnessing right now. Right. <laughs> but I was looking at your face, too, like, what, what, the, what the heck? You couldn't even say it. I know. And now uh, he and I are great friends, and, and uh, he's a great kid. He's a very talented DJ, oh my God. and I love his show. And that's nothing to do with him promoting my book or saying nice things no, about him. No, no, it's nothing to do with that. You, think, you really think I'm not shallow, no, don't you? No. In some aspects, <laughs> yes. Fine. <laughs> no, I liked him before that. You know that. He's a so. good guy. He's yes. a very good guy. And he's talented, yes. and his show was great. And I, I played that Donna Summer song, MacArthur Park, because that's the type of song he would play on his Saturday night show. And look, you know, we talk a lot about the ratings for this show, specifically you know, when you have a good morning show, as you know, being on Imus all those years, Mike and the Mad Dog, the Mets, nonsense. It was all about Imus. Same thing here. You know, John Katsimatidis gets great ratings against Sean Hannity. I can't say that enough. That's a very, very big deal. And the station does well all week long. It starts with us. But the weekends, the music that John and Margot put in, you can't argue, it has been a grand slam home run. And all of them are great. Vinny, Tony Orlando, Cousin Brucey, Dina Martin, Joe Piscopo, they're all great. 
And uh, Vinny uh, is becoming my favorite because he says nice things about me. Really I don't want to hear this garbage. Calm down, Mike. So this uh, immigrant thing, immigrant, excuse me, this migrant thing continues to be the big story. Eric Adams, he's such a moron. It, I'm, I'm telling you, he's, it, it hurts my feelings. It, it hurts my feelings, this mayor of New York City. He is so stupid that it's that anybody, any rational, decent person has to want to vomit all over themselves. I'm sorry. I am sorry. But uh, for everybody who was yelling and screaming that Bill de Blasio is the worst mayor of all time, say hello to Eric Adams, because he is right up de Blasio's ass, right there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Keep laughing, tough guy. So this idiot is uh, yelling and screaming about the way Texas treats uh, their, their, these people, you know, these illegals. Says they treat them badly. You know, they come to New York and the bus pulls up at the Port Authority. And uh, Eric Adams was there day one. Now he's got some other, his other uh, people working there. They, they, they go there. And they give these people money and, and like, the, the tickets to ball games and, and, you know, gift certificates to Peter Luger. I don't even know what the hell they give these people. Yeah, of course, Texas treats them badly because they're not giving them, you know, Dallas Cowboys season tickets. Luger. Yeah, the greatest steakhouse of all time. Nothing's even close. <laughs> I should go down there and come back up as a migrant. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. What the heck? I'm telling you. you tr- they treat them badly in Texas. What are you talking about? Maybe not as well as here in New York because what we do here is ridiculous. Ridiculous. So um, he spoke yesterday, Eric. I don't know where the hell he spoke, but he just, but we'll play it because, well, we need something to laugh at it this time of the morning. He talks about how um, city services need to provide for these these people. This is uh, the mayor you guys voted for. Congratulations. This putz talking about the migrants here in New York City. Eric Adams. Will other city services have to be cut to pay for this influx of migrants? Uh, we're going to have to continue to pivot and shift. Uh, it's clear what? that we have a fixed budget in this city. Stop the tape right there. Stop the ago. tape right there. She asked the question, and Eric Adams, was he trying to say pivot and shift? I mean, do you understand how stupid this guy? I mean, seriously. I remember uh, way back when Lydia tried to convince me that he was articulate. Are you serious? <laughs> Let's play that again, the question to Eric Adams and this Mensa with his response. Will other city services have to be cut to pay for this influx of migrants? Uh, we're going to have to continue to pivot and shift. Uh, it's clear shift. that we have a fixed budget in this city that we passed a few months ago, and we're going to look at each uh, level of spending to make sure that we could address the needs of our legal obligation and responsibility. That sometimes people don't realize uh, that not only is this a humanitarian response we're doing, but by law we're required to ensure that anyone that arrives at this city uh, should have shelter if they need it. That's terrible. He's just one long run-on sentence that's all he is he's a walking run-on sentence not that i'm a syntax teacher but my god Naldo, pivot and shift <laughs> yeah that was interesting so then you get uh lee zeldin the man that uh, if there is a god and i believe there is one is going to beat H- kathy hochel convincingly come november and uh, that's my guy lee you know and he was on this show with me and bernard yesterday and he was saying hey, eric he didn't say that in this quote but he kind of did. Eric Adams continues to blast the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. Right? He blasts Greg Abbott all the time. Greg Abbott. Uh, in the meantime, poor Greg Abbott, that poor bastard, he's got to deal with more migrants in one day than Eric Adams does in four months. Eric Adams should know this. And Abbott's like, I've had enough. So all you blue cities who want open borders, how's this look now? 
How do we look now? I actually applaud what Craig Abbott is doing. So did David Patterson, for the most part, a Democrat on John Katzmatidi's show. So Zeldin said yesterday, very smartly, take the bullseye and put the Biden administration on the bullseye, not Governor Abbott. He kind of said it. Here's Lee Zeldin yesterday. I believe that we need people like our our governor and our mayor and others from across the country to be increasing the heat on the Biden administration to actually lead and to shut this down at the border. Our nation's backbone is our rule of law. And right now, from what we're seeing on our border to what was just executed down at Mar-a-Lago is an erosion of our rule of law, an erosion of our backbone. He's right. <clears throat> an erosion of our backbone. So um, Abbott's lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick, not the same Dan Patrick that did sports all the years on ESPN, but he was talking yesterday about Blue City Dem mayors. Eric Adams, he actually did mention Eric Adams at one point in his quotes, talking about, uh, hey, listen, folks, there's going to be more coming. That's the bottom line. You can bitch and complain all you want, but uh, we're not going to keep them all here. Uh, whether it's Eric Adams in New York or that uh, idiot in Washington, D.C., and all these folks around the country, uh, they're coming to you. So this is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick play two cuts here, Lou Cuts, 19 and 20, and basically saying to Eric Adams, hey, baby doll, this is just the beginning. First of all, every mayor of a big blue city, which are most of the top 25 in the country, should be on notice. Look out your window. You might see a bus coming to you one day in the future. <laughs> well, first of all, this is all voluntary. We're not forcing anyone to get on the bus. Uh, secondly, uh, that's part of the agreement. You're going to the destination. And this is not political, Bill. If it's, if it's political, it's from the mayor who said he's going to send door knockers to, to Texas for the November election to help Democrats, that's the person who's made it political. And by the way, Mayor, don't threaten Texas. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Eric Adams, you're going to threaten Texas? Um, these people have guns. Oh, they have a lot of guns. And if you knock on their door, they're going to shoot you. Oh, we're going to have to continue to pivot and shift. Uh, what was that? Try that again. Try that one more time, Eric. Will other city services have to be cut to pay for this yeah. influx of migrants? Uh, we're going to have to continue to pivot and shift. Yeah, that's right. Eric Adams trying to scare the people of Texas. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's like an old Jewish guy in Coney Island walking into John Gotti's place and threatening John and his whole crew. I mean, it's such a joke. But that's uh, that's your mayor, folks. So congratulations, Eric Adams is going to be, he's the savior. He, he's our only choice. If I hear that one more time, I'm, I mean, I'm going to jump out of this building. Oh, we're going to have to continue to pivot and shift. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. All right, we got uh, Bo Deedle coming up at 740. <laughs> 840, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, monkeypox, vaccinations, all that stuff. 925, Dove Hikind on Kathy Hochul and this awful attack in Jerusalem. Hey, Bill Ritter. You still want a two-state solution, you putts? Our number one is done. I'm in no mood today, which means you want to change this channel. Bernie and Sid coming right back. <laughs>
Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Great choice, Lou Rapino. Break it down again. Love this song. Seven oh five on your sunny Tuesday morning in New York City. Bernie and Sid, the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City, and the self-proclaimed best talk show in the country. Back with you. No Bernard today. Uh, no Bernie tomorrow. Maybe Thursdays. Not the other one. Bottom line, uh, I talked about it at six o'clock, and um, it has been very tough on Bernie. Uh, I will never ever compare uh, what it's been like for me to him. Obviously. He's in the battle for his life. But, um, you know, I get these texts at night when he's not feeling well. And I'm being honest here, maybe more honest than I should be. And it breaks my heart. Uh, and he's always, you know, Sid, I feel bad. I'm like, Bernie, stop. I mean, um, I know this is a big-time show, and there's millions wrapped up in this show. So I don't want to minimize that. But I'm quick to say this show is nonsense compared to what you're going through. So don't worry about it. I'm I mean, the one certainly I can host a show myself. I've done that for 15 years down in Florida and here. That's not the issue. The show's always better when Bernie's here, obviously, obviously. But I can do this myself and do a great job of it. That's not the point. Uh, it breaks my heart when he doesn't feel well. And uh, so I got a text last night, and uh, that's that. So we had a great hour, number one. Um, thank you to all of you on Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, and on Twitter, at Sid Rosenberg, for sending me very nice messages. We got a great hour, number two, coming up, Bill O'Reilly's morning message. That's at 725 every morning. And a great Tuesday morning guest every week, Bo Deedle, the great cop an actor, and just a great friend and a great guy, and always enthusiastic and always fired up on a Tuesday morning. Bo Deedle coming up at 740. Dr. Nicole Sapphire coming up at 840. We'll talk about the decision uh, for Djokovic not to play here at the U.S. Open because of these ridiculous vaccination rules. I can't believe this is still going on. I mean, can you believe that today? I mean, the guy doesn't want to get vaccinated. Fine. Okay, he's got the antibodies. Maybe he's gotten it. I don't know what the deal is. I don't care. Are we still talking about COVID? You've got the U.S. Open. I know it's about Serena this year. I get it. 
Serena's going to retire, and that is uh, the biggest story maybe in the history of tennis. She's far and away the greatest female player ever. There's no question about that. But how do you keep out a guy that is probably the best men's player in the world right now? It's him and Nadal. I think Federer now is probably third. How do you keep him out of New York? This is a major event, major event. New York makes a ton of money, and you're telling Djokovic he can't come because he's not vaccinated? Who cares? Who cares? So Dr. Nicole will come on and talk about that at 8.40. And then at 9.25, Dove Heiken, he's very angry with Kathy Hochul. Kathy Hochul telling Jewish people, don't move down to Florida. Don't do it. We got the better governor here. What? (laughs) I mean, Kathy Hochul putting herself in the same sentence as Ron DeSantis? That's like, and I love Mookie, don't get me wrong. Mookie's one of my favorite Mets of all time. That's like saying Mookie Wilson is as good a center fielder as Mickey Mantle. <laughs> I mean, does that sound ridiculous? That's Kathy Hochul. That's I, ridiculous. I, thank you, Mike Francesa. Thank you very much. So MSNBC, all morning long, these uh, idiots, they are seizing on the fact that Laura Ingram, who is the 10 p.m. weeknight show on Fox News, they got great programming at night if you love Trump. 8 o'clock, Tucker Carlson. 9 o'clock, Sean Hannity. 10 o'clock, Laura Ingram. So I guess Ingram... This is what they're saying, at least, said last night, listen, I've been friends with Donald Trump for 25 years. I love Donald Trump. He was a great president, but I don't want him back. That's what MSNBC is saying that she said, if we can find this out or not. She said, we need Trump's policies, but we don't need Trump, which is the argument people make for Ron DeSantis. Now, the last couple of polls with Trump and DeSantis head-to-head in that possible, I'm not saying likely, in that possible primary matchup, Trump wipes the floor with DeSantis. It's not even close. It's like 80 to 20. It's a joke. And I I remain steadfast uh, that I want Trump to win, not DeSantis. I want DeSantis to run and win in 2028. What I want is 12 years of Republican rule, four more years of Trump, and then eight years of Ron DeSantis. I don't want DeSantis right now. And again, I'll tell you why. Here's what I know about Donald Trump. He uh, he could be a jackass. He's a buffoon sometimes. He says stupid things. He tweets stupid things. Not anymore, of course. He's got Truth Social, which I'm on. But with all that said, policy-wise, probably the greatest one-term president in our country's history. That's how good he was. And I want him back. Why would I want to take a chance in DeSantis, he's never done it. Now, I know DeSantis is a great governor. He's a great governor. But governor and president are two different stories here. So I know I've got a guy in Trump who's already won, right? It's like a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's already won. He makes some mistakes, but he's already won. DeSantis, he's got potential to be great. You know what potential is? Potential is someone who hasn't done it. That's it, folks. If you've got potential, you know what that means? You haven't done it. I heard that for years. Sid's got great potential. What does that mean? I want a resume. I don't want potential. I want success written down. Trump has it. DeSantis doesn't. So give me Trump four more years. Then give me DeSantis. So the left knows that. And whether it's these January 6th hearings or the Russian hoax or the Ukrainian hoax or the impeachment hoax or the nonsense, They've been putting Donald through since he came to the escalator six years ago. So now you got this raid, which is a complete and utter joke. And Mark Levin, God, I love Mark Levin. 
Then this is another Vinny Madunio situation, Lou. Uh, we played the cut from Vinny earlier, who was promoting my book. Well, I'm going to go on Mark Levin's show. This is a big deal for me. On Thursday, September the 8th. It's a big night for this me. This is a freak show. Yes, thank you, Mark. I'm doing a book signing at uh, Bookends in Ridgewood, New Jersey at 6. And then 8.20 that night, I'm on Mark Levin's show. That is a big deal, and that will sell a lot of books. But um, I love Levin even before that. And Levin really breaks it down last night about what these Democrats really looking to do with that ridiculous raid on Mar-a-Lago. Here he is, 6 o'clock weeknights on WABC, the great one himself, Mark Levin Lewis, cut number 7. What took place at Mar-a-Lago, let me be very, very clear, is a message being sent to all Americans that the ruling class is in revolt, that they need to take down Trump, two phony impeachments, a phony criminal investigation, a phony investigation in Albany, New York, a phony investigation in Fulton County, Georgia, a January 6th unconstitutional committee, a U.S. attorney with ties to Obama, completely rogue and out of control. That's what's going on. The ruling class is saying, you will listen to us. We will rule over you. We want conformity. You're not to speak against us. You're not to protest against us. And by God, you're not to vote against us. And if we can crush Donald Trump, we will send a message that we can crush each and every one of you. That's what took place at Mar-a-Lago. That's right. I said it. So DeSantis, the aforementioned governor of Florida, he's at this Unite and Win rally in Arizona on Sunday with this uh, lady that me and Bernie both like very much, Carrie Lake. She's running for governor. She won the primary of Arizona. She'll take on the Democrat Katie Hobbs come November. That's one we really want to win, Lake in Arizona. So DeSantis is at this uh, Unite and Win rally on Sunday, and he also called out the FBI for that ridiculous raid. This is Lou Ron DeSantis, number three. These agencies have now been weaponized to be used against people that the government doesn't like. And you look at the raid at Mar-a-Lago. I'm trying to remember when they did a search warrant at Hillary's house in Chappaqua, (laughs) when she had a rogue server and she was laundering classified information. I don't remember them doing that. I do remember them manufacturing a false conspiracy theory about Russia collusion. I remember that. That was not true. That was an abuse of power. I remember a lawyer for the FBI got caught doctoring an application for FISA surveillance against an innocent man. I remember the FBI at Merrick Garland's direction being sicked on parents going to school board meetings. Meanwhile, when you have a law that protects Supreme Court justices, is the FBI out there protecting our conservative justices? No. They're enforcing the law based on who they like, and who they don't like. That is not a republic. It's a banana republic when that happens. That's the great Ron DeSantis. So John Solomon, who's on Katz's show quite a bit, he's on Katz at night a lot. He's really, really good. We've had him on this show, me and Bernie, a couple of times. He was on Sean Hannity last night talking about uh, the FBI took a bunch of stuff out of Trump's house that they have to give back now, basically. You know, what were they doing in you know, Melania's underwear drawer, for example, those filthy animals? So this is uh, courtesy of Fox News, John Solomon on Sean Hannity last night. Hey, FBI, give him back his stuff. We have confirmation that the FBI and the Justice Department believes it overcollected evidence when it was at Mar-a-Lago, meaning it collected evidence that was not covered by the search warrant. I have confirmed uh, from two different sources that the Justice Department called President Trump's defense lawyers today, confirming that they did take his three passports 
They are making arrangements to send it back, saying they are obligated to return it because it's outside the scope of the subpoena. They have also informed uh, the uh, Trump defense lawyers, the Justice Department has over the last few days, uh, that there's likely privileged materials that the FBI collected that now has to be segregated and returned to the president. Those privileges could be attorney-client privilege or, more likely, executive privilege. Now, this is remarkable. I talked to a lot of FBI people today who told me this warrant was already remarkably broad. They basically go in and get anything that looked like a presidential record. Ridiculous. So there's a lot of folks out there who want to impeach Merrick Garland. I mean, if, uh, in fact, the Republicans can take back the House, which they will, and the Senate in November, the midterms, there is talk about impeaching the Attorney General Merrick Garland for this specific raid, which really is just an exercise in Democrats saying we got a bigger penis than you've got. So uh, Marjorie Green came out yesterday, <laughs> this psycho, and uh, she talked about impeaching Garland down the road. This is Marjorie Green, number six, Lou. Because we cannot tolerate this in America where our great institutions are welded and, and abused uh, in such a way to defeat people's political enemies. That's not what this is for, and, and it should never exist. There you have it. So the raid discussion continues and for all the folks on Twitter on Friday saying, hey, Sid, how does the crow taste now? Ah, your boy Trump is going to jail. You're about as dumb as Eric Adams. He ain't Wake going to up, jail. you liberals. Thank you. Rudy Giuliani is going to testify in front of the Fulton County uh, grand jury tomorrow. He's not going to jail. Donald Trump ain't going to jail. And the good news for you guys is the people that you look up to, that you vote for, that should have gone to jail, Hillary Clinton, Hunter Biden, Andrew Cuomo, Bill de Blasio, de Blasio's wife who stole a billion dollars. The good news is they're not going to jail either. So don't be upset about Trump and Giuliani because I've got 50 of your people who really broke the law. I mean, there's no question about it, zero question, and they're not going to serve a day. So you win. You see, you win in the numbers game. What are you doing in here, Justin? I don't know, I'm just sitting. You're making me nervous. Why? You're looking at me like you're like I'm a hot chick. You are. Oh. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Bill O'Reilly's morning message coming up next, and then the great Bo Deedle. Big time show. Tears for fears on your way out. here and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Tuesday, Congresswoman Liz Cheney will lose a primary vote in Wyoming today and be banished from Congress beginning next January. At least that is my prediction. Now, the conservative Republican is a smart, honest woman. But hatred 
has done her in. Trump hatred. Ms. Cheney voted to impeach the former president and then led the January 6th House Committee in smearing him and trying to get him indicted for the Capitol riot. Liz Cheney helped Nancy Pelosi and went directly against the folks in Wyoming who overwhelmingly still support Donald Trump. Liz Cheney did all this because Trump attacked her father, the former vice president. Yes, Donald Trump often is over the top in his verbal bashing, and a loyal daughter would be expected to object. But Liz Cheney went over the top as well and will now pay the price. I expect her, after she loses today, to sign on as a CNN contributor. That network is trying to rehab itself and desperately needs conservative voices. And Liz will have a letter of recommendation from Nancy Pelosi to soothe any corporate angst at CNN. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Woo! Put your hair up. You get to leave. Eleven gallows on your sleeve. Shallow figure Winners paid Eleven shadows Way out of place Standing to see Shoulders Sports coming up in a couple of minutes. Tough night for the locals, Mets and Yankees. Not very good. That's the classic Murmur album, R.E.M., Perfect Circle. We'll also talk to Bo Deedle coming up at 7. I've got a very long day today, very long. Usually I do the show with Bernie, although uh, lately, of course, uh, a lot of times he can't make it, and he won't be here today or tomorrow. Hopefully he'll be back on Thursday, and then I get out of here. Like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Everybody here knows, you know, there's no meetings uh, after the show. There are, but I don't go to all of them because Burns not here. So Meanie's in the back talking to a couple of people. That's all fine. But um, I try to catch that 11.15 ferry every day, which gets me back to my neighborhood by about 12.30, and then I'm on the beach. That's it. Or uh, go to the gym, do whatever I have to do. It doesn't matter. It's none of your business. Jesus. 
Stop asking me questions. Yeah, Phil, stop. Will you stop, Phil? <laughs> God. It's a nudge. Really? But uh, today I can't do that. So today I got up at uh, 3.08, and uh, Freddie picked me up at 4.15, and I got to the studios at uh, just before 5. And now I have to stay here because my son Gabriel, who is now a rock star, wherever I go, I, I'm not exaggerating, every day, wherever I am with Gabriel, pizza, uh, restaurant, uh, walking down the streets, People stop him and go, oh, my God, you were so good with your dad two weeks ago. You're the real star. And uh, he, he loves it, Gabe, you know. But he's uh, looking to go to a new school. That's all I'm going to say. So his mother, my beautiful wife, Danielle, and Gabe are going to meet me in the city at, like, uh, 2.30 this afternoon. They're taking, like, the 115 ferry to look at his new school. It's a big deal and a big day for Gabe and us. But i got to find a way to... um. Keep myself busy for four hours. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I guess i got to have lunch. Or... I don't like how that sounds already. <laughs> I know. It's, I know. Well, in the old days, it would have been bad. And, and when you and I first worked together, that would have been on the phone with Lonnie Hanover in two seconds at Rick's Cabaret. <laughs> you know? Keep myself busy for a couple of <laughs> I know. Hours. I know. Get a massage from some... Uh... Some girl on Canal Street. But uh, those days are over. So now what am I going to do for four hours? I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I don't know. I, the, I love lunch. What's the closest place in Astoria? <laughs> sure enough, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. And uh, it's a big day for my son, and it's a big year coming up for Gaby. And, of course, Ava, she's out of here. She's in uh, South Carolina on her way to Mexico, Mexico, on Friday before she goes to college in England in less than a month. So I don't see much of uh, my beautiful little girl Ava these days. But um, we did mention the, the races coming up in November. You heard Bill O'Reilly there talking about Liz Cheney, that louse, that backstabbing louse. You know, I never really hated her father, Dick. I know that, and Bernie always says I'm wrong about this, but, you know, I know that bastard made a ton of money with his uh, company Halliburton on the Iraqi war. And I always thought that was part of the reason why Dick and uh, these others convinced George Bush that there were weapons of mass destruction and, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Not, not Osama, the, uh, the the guy that killed him in, uh, from Iraq. Uh, what was his name? Um, that son of a gun. Uh, Saddam Hussein, that's right. Wanted to kill his father, all that. So you had these group of people, Donald Rumsfeld, Dick Cheney, Wolfowitz, all these people uh, in and around Bush, Rice, that were convincing him that, uh, you know, he's got to kill Hussein because it's, it's very, very bad. Um, and I always thought Dick Cheney made money off of that, but who knows? But his daughter is going to lose in Wyoming today, thank God. My friend Sarah Palin, she's winning her primary right now in Alaska. I spoke to her yesterday. She's uh, got her race today. 23rd, some big local races. What is today's date? Why are you you're like davening? You're moving back and forth. What are you doing? I don't know. I get very jittery. Why are you hour. in here? Get out of here. Where do, you, where do you want me to go? Just go someplace else. I don't care. Go to, I don't know, go, go sit with um, uh, uh, Delenn Berman. <laughs> a week from today, Mark Molinaro has his special election, Wheel Tina Forte. So all these uh, things are important. Republicans have to win all leading up to the big one, Election Day in November, the midterms of 2022. Let's go back to this Unite and Win rally in the great state of Arizona. We love Carrie Lake, where once again, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis spoke this time. He spoke about that big Election Day, November 8th. 2022. November 8th, 2022 is going to be the day that America fights back. 
We're going to be fighting back against Joe Biden's failed leadership. We're going to be fighting back against lockdown politicians all over this country who ruin people's lives. And we're going to be fighting back against a failed Congress, which will result in the retirement of Nancy Pelosi. Uh, that was pretty hot right there. Ron DeSantis, November 8th, 2022. The first step in a bunch of steps of restoring a semblance of normalcy here in this great country, the United States of America. Traffic and sports are coming up next and the great Bo Deedle at 740. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. In Graceland, 45 years ago today, 1977, 45 years ago today, you know, two other greats died on this day. This according to my friend John Cirillo. Babe Ruth died on this date, August the 16th, and so did Aretha Franklin. That's quite a trio. Aretha Franklin, Babe Ruth, and Elvis Presley all died on this day. Anyway, our next guest is here 740 every Tuesday morning. Mostly because he's a friend of ours for 30 years, but he's a great talent, one of the greatest cops in the history of New York, a tremendous actor, and has a podcast at this station that does very, very well. Here he is, our dear friend Bo Deedle. Good Tuesday morning, Bo. How are you, buddy? Hey, okay. Uh, you know, my uh, my thoughts and prayers are with our dear friend Bernie. Yeah. I just pray to God that... Uh, God helps him and that he gets back strong. And uh, my mind is always with Bernie. Yep. You know, I love you, Sid, like a son. Yep. I love Bernie also. But that, I just wanted to shout out. I, I also, I crashed my car last night. I forgot to tell you. What? Uh, I crashed into a pole. I was listening to Frank Morano with these friggin' flying saucers. <laughs> I, I, I mean, what the hell is he talking uh, about? I don't know. Yeah, you oh, know, my I, God. Is that the best he's got? i tell you what. I'll give him some interviews with some real wise guys. Maybe he could talk to Sammy the Bullet. <laughs> but please, enough with the flying thoughts. Well, you know, who believes who? in that? Believe it or not, I, and, and I, I'm going to say this without knowing for sure, but I'm pretty sure that John Katzmatidis believes in that stuff, too, I think. I think. Like UFOs well, only, and... That's the only reason why he's talking about it, because if John didn't agree with it, it wouldn't be on there. John is the man, yes. and that's it. I guess if John believes in flying sources, I guess I believe in flying sources. <laughs> I can't listen to it every night. Okay, now, I think we're gonna, before we get into New York City, that what's going on, I, I've been listening to you, and I, I looked up a little stuff. Now, I do agree with one thing. I agree that we have to have a change. But I do not agree that Donald Trump should run again. Now, let me tell you my reasons why, and I'll explain them to you. I wish that he can run and, and win, but it's not going to happen. I looked up Quinnic, the last Quinnick poll, and the last Quinnick poll had 71 percent 
don't, I mean, talk about a total poll, Democrats, Republicans, 71% don't want Biden to run. Wow. The other Quinnipiac poll says 64% across the board don't want Trump to run. There's something to that poll. means that they want both of these guys out. They want fresh blood. And that's it. I really believe one thing. When I was with President Trump and I was at uh, Steve Ross's house uh, about three years ago, this is when I realized it's his personality that people, Republicans and Democrats, dislike his condescending, his narcissistic attitude. When I said to him, and I, I said this to him, and anybody can talk to me and tell me if you don't like it. I said to him after we had our little meeting, I said, Mr. President, can I talk to you? And I say, Mr. President, why don't you have a news conference and speak about Senator McCain and say you were wrong? He was a true American hero. You know what he said to me? Look right in my eyes. And he said, you know, Bo, who am I? I said, you're the president. And he goes, that's why I'm the president, because I do what I want. At that point. He lost me. No, listen, fact. and that McCain statement he made was very stupid and insensitive. And he does say stupid things. But, again, I disagree with you. I didn't vote for him in 2016. I thought his I thought his campaign was stupid. He wore a hat. He's going to build a wall. He nicknamed everybody. But I was right. wrong. He, he was a great president. And, yes, while people uh, may be voting against him in the Quinnipiac poll, I can tell you that there's been two or three polls in the last couple of weeks, poll head-to-head with Ron DeSantis, and Donald Trump is killing him. Killing him. No, I know, I know, I know about DeSantis because that's his. That's well, who else his is thing. out there? Who, who else do you want? That's you, new, fresh blood that can no, win no, the Republicans. No, I'm not talking about the. I'm not talking about the Republican. I'm talking about running someone that could beat the Democrat. Because if this sleep, hey, look at him. If Joe Biden runs, which I don't think he's, he's gonna, not going then to. If he doesn't run, they're going to run another moron. And you know what? It's going to be an anti-Trump vote. We have to get some new blood. Say what you want. DeSantis is new blood. I believe in him. He's modern. He's got to appeal to the modern. But he's getting killed in the polls. People listen. He gets killed against against Trump. Right. That's fine. But he's got to to beat Donald Trump in the primary just to get to Joe Biden or or Buttigieg. If Donald Donald Trump doesn't realize, if we can't right now, Bernie, I'll give you a scenario. If you know Donald Trump is going to run and he's going to lose, wouldn't you rather try somebody that can beat yes. the Democratic Oh, opponent? You see, listen, you're making a great point. We always talk in elections, Bo. It's a great point. Bernie and I always talk about electability, right? Sometimes you right. can win the primary, but you may not beat the other guy. I think at this point the country is so angry and so fed up that they are willing to look beyond past Trump's stupid comments, well, his tweets, well, and they want somebody in there who's a tough son of a bitch who just doesn't well, care. Yeah, but would you would you jeopardize this president next presidential election where we can lose and have another one of these morons for four years? My problem is right now I'm focused on November. All the people of America have to go out and vote for the people that are for the most important things in your life. The most important things in New York and around this country, I believe, are crime, the inflation, the borders with the illegal immigration. Now, if these are affecting you, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, that's the biggest problem with dividing Democrats and Republicans. I talk to Republicans that hate Donald Trump. I talk to Democrats that hate Donald Trump. I talk to, to, to Democrats that hate Biden, my point is, why can't we have a palatable, not conservative, I don't want to use that word, a moderate 
compatible person run that can win. I certainly don't want another liberal weenie in there. No, I hear that's you. Destroy I, I hear you. I, I, listen, Laura Ingram made the same point last night on Fox News. She said, I'm friends with Trump for 25 years. I voted yeah. for Trump twice enthusiastically. She goes, I need someone who's got Trump's policies, but not right. Trump. She said that. I, 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 I disagree. I, I, I want Trump back. But what, listen, okay. I'm, sound, I'm starting to sound like Bernie. <laughs> yeah, but you want to know something? I don't want my listeners to think that I'm turning on Trump. All I'm saying is electability, I cannot. First thing we have to do is throw that psychopath Pelosi, that freaking nut. She's got to be taken out in November. That's the first nut that we got to get rid of. Also, you know, the, the point, I'm, I, I hope you don't mistake what I'm saying is I need to get this this whole Democratic uh, liberal sure. uh, uh, vision out. I don't know about you, but for the last three years, I wake up like in a nightmare. What's going on? Of course. Even Margo says, "Even Margo says, why are you so depressed? Why are you so down?" Because I look at this thing with the illegal immigration. I look at this crime. I look at this economy. I look how we're looked upon around this world. I need a tough president. I agree. If Donald agree. Trump. Yep. If Donald Trump could get reelected, I would vote for him. But it ain't going to happen. Right, they but- will have illegal aliens voting. You had. 80 million vote last time for Biden. They'll have 90 million dead bodies voting for. <laughs> don't you understand? When I ran for mayor of New York City, the Republicans don't have a chance. They cheat. The Board of Elections is run by the Democrats. They cheat. They well, cheat. Well, let's don't stop right ready? there. Well, let's move away then from the national races. I, I, know, I understand okay. your point. You want to beat the Democrats. So do I. Don't right. forget, I have to deal with the education aspect, too, with my kids, right. which is really ugly. So your point is well taken. You want to make sure we can win in November. Uh, Lee right. Zeldin and I a close. Uh, he was on the show mm-hmm. yesterday. I know you and him are close too. You yeah. did a rally with him just last Wednesday. How do you think he is doing so far in his run up to his race against Hochul? That was one of my next things I had wrote and written down because I am all in with Lee Zeldin. Lee Zeldin is our is that water is that was that Waterloo? Yes. Where was that thing that he stopped? Yes. All I could say is this: we got a moron for a governor up there. She's a total freak. Show. She has no, I think her teeth are falling out in the front anyway. My point is, what is the most, people of New York, whether you're a Republican, let's stop the Republican Democrat bullcrap. What is your main concern? Your main concern is crime, crime, crime. You tell that poor cab driver's daughters, those four beautiful young ladies that don't have a father that was beaten to death, you tell them, you. I want to go interview her with Lee, and I'd like her to talk on the camera if she wants to vote for Lee Zeldin to change this bail reform. Every sensible person in New York, Republican or Democrat, we need to change. we got to get rid of this snaggle tooth. We've got to get rid of her. We also <laughs> got to we we got to realize too. She's out there talking about congesting pricing, every moronic thing that doesn't affect. Hey, how about making the subway safer there, snaggle tooth? What we should be doing is we should get these subways safe and let people travel on on our, tr- our public transportation. Also, we're talking about the congesting pricing. They tried it in London. What happens is it all backs up in the other place. It doesn't work, you friggin' moron, Snaggletooth. What you should be doing, Snaggletooth, what you should be doing is reconvening the Senate and the Assembly say, no, we have to debate this. We have to compromise. Hey, I'm not talking about taking everything away. You can compromise. And that's the word that is not in the vocabulary of Democrats, compromise. And again, 
Lee Zeldin is the only person that could save this state. And in reality, if we don't bring Lee Zeldin in as governor, we're going into the abyss deeper and deeper. We just see the positions that are taken. I mean, what goes on in our schools, I don't know about you. I'm 71 years old. I have never been in more of a depression of what's going on in this country. And I go to sleep with it. I wake up in the middle of the night, and all I'm thinking about is all these things, how bad it's getting. And you want to know something? I wish to God that Donald Trump could run and be elected president, but it's not going to happen. And I don't want to waste our energy and, and, and support and keep support. Let him stand aside. Let's bring a candidate that right. people can. So, uh, so, so, when can I'm with, so when I'm with Lee Zeldin in a deal, New Jersey, yeah. on September the 4th, with President Trump, do you want me to deliver yeah. your message to, uh, to Trump? Well, you want to know something? You want to know something? I think Lee Zeldin should stay the hell away from Donald Trump. Really? Because I don't need, I don't need, uh, he supported before, I don't need Democrats to say, oh, he's a Trump star. That will lose the election. And I'll tell Lee to his face, I told him, stay far away from this thing. You know, this is, this is shocking to me. No, I do. People, people, people have to understand the history. Just so people understand. No, 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 no. I'm talking to the listeners. They need to understand the history because it sounds very personal with you. But people have to understand. Bo Dietl's been friends with President Trump. Right. So, so when did all this? What happened? You're missing. You're missing my point, Sid. You're missing. No, I got your point. You want to win. You want to win, and you don't think he can win. Point is this: if you align, if you align Lee Zeldin, who I feel can win this governorship, he's ten points behind. And if you align them and you turn off those moderate Democrats that they hate Trump, bye bye. Lee is not going to win. Don't you understand? No, I do understand that. You know, it's funny because the day after the raid, the day of the raid, I should say, Bo, I texted Lee Zeldin and I said, "Listen, you should tweet something in favor of President Trump." And then me and Bernie on the air had this discussion, and I said, "You know what? The more I think about it, maybe he shouldn't." So I understand your point. You're you're a smart guy, Sid. You're now you're starting to understand the old man bow i've been around on this earth longer than you i've seen the ups the downs the good the bad the ugly do you think in the in your greatest day that i would go against trump never over anybody i am talking about lee zeldin has now set himself into a striking distance right now i believe any traction because they're going to publicize the crap out of it my point is this he, he shouldn't publicize like i told them do not publicize publicize the raid on his house. We all know that's an illegal, terrible, terrible thing. Right now, what are we talking about? Fight. If you're in the ring and you're fighting with me, what do you want to do, Sid? You want to win the fight. Right. You want to cheat? You want to rub my eyes? You want to put your knuckle into my eyes where I can't see? You cheat, you lie, you bite, you win the race. You understand? Because when this thing's all over, when this thing's all over in November, we got Snaggletooth Hochul as the governor, <laughs> and they'll relook at this, they'll say, his downfall was when Trump came out and supported him. Right now, New York State is not a Trump. Probably maybe 36% of New York State likes Trump. That's right. the most. Certain Why should we take that other percentage that we can have moderate Democrats that can agree to support Zeldin? Fair. It's not about Donald Trump. It's about fair. Lee Zeldin being the great person that he yep. can be as governor. No, it's fair. That's a great listen, Bo. All your points are valid. They're great points. We need to win. We need to win in 2024. Zelda needs to win in 2022. I think you've explained it perfectly. I think your position is very valid and very reasonable. Hey, at, uh, but I'm just a Trump wrong, guy, Sid. so huh? Sid, 
Sid, don't get me wrong because you know where I'm trying to come from. I, no, you're I right. Wanna, I want to win. And if I could grab uh, President Trump and say, President Trump, please, Let's save this country. You saved the ones. Your policies were the greatest. Please, how about supporting somebody that can, can be palatable to the other side? Yeah. We have to. Right now, our country is split 50 50, and the majority of the people in our country are Democrats. That's the majority of our country. We have to win over moderates. This is a strategic war. This is not a game. Oh, it's going to be great. Oh, he's going to raise a couple million dollars and deal with all my friends and deal. I know all the people over. Oh, rah, rah, Trump, 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 Trump. Yeah, but you know what that does? It takes Lee Zeldin down. I will guarantee you, you can listen to me today. When Lee Zeldin is publicized, but the liberal media is going to publicize the crap out of it just to destroy Lee, that he's over there with Trump, and Trump is backing him and supporting Lee Zeldin will lose this race. He's right. back out, and that's it. <laughs> What an amazing – this is – would you agree, Lou, all kidding aside, not to blow smoke up uh, Deedle's ass, one of the great Bo Deedle appearances ever, ever. I'm, I'm blown away. <laughs> I know. Actually. It's so good. I'm writing it all down and it's time uh, to get it Listen, all he makes some very valid points. Bo, that was a great appearance. But you've got to remember one thing, Lou, Lou and, and Sid, and I don't want to keep you guys. You've got to remember one thing. I've walked the walk. I lost an election because of the cheating of the Democrats with the Board of Elections. They knocked me off the Republican and Democratic lines. They would not let me run. I know how they cheat. That's how I'm talking. We're not in a fair game. Right now, if I get in the ring, I'll bite an ear off. I'll rip an eye out to win the battle. <laughs> and I need Lee Zeldin. Lee Zeldin has to win. Do you understand what I'm trying to uh, say? hundred percent. Got to win. There it is. All right, folks, there he is. That's why he's on every Tuesday at 740. Passionate, enthusiastic, well-informed, pissed, all that. Bo Deedle. Lee Zeldin's got to win, and uh, he doesn't believe Donald Trump can. And, and I'm starting to sound like Bernie more and more every day. I mean, yeah, 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 Trump. I love Trump. What can I tell you? He's probably right. DeSantis may have a better chance of winning, but the truth is DeSantis can't beat Trump in the primary. I'm telling you, you can't beat him. Ain't going to happen. But either way, that was a great conversation. Thank you, Bo Deedle. Still to come, coming up at 840. Djokovic can't play tennis in Queens? What? What? Fox News, Dr. Nicole Sapphire coming up at 840. And Dove Hyken has a big bone to pick with Governor Kathy Hochul. And it's about the Jews, my people. Plus, Lydia reports and beats it. And once again, rest in peace. Elvis Presley. Something I might have said. Please don't forget my past. The future looks bright ahead. Don't be cruel. Who hard is true. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, we're gonna have to continue to pivot and shift.
Captain Brian Adams. One night love affair. 805. Hey now. On your uh, Tuesday morning. Well, I'm getting so many messages on Bo Deedle. One guy, he remains nameless. He's a TV personality. He goes, Bo's a turncoat. And one guy, Chris McGlynn, who I met at the Wall Street train station many years ago, just so happened he was listening to our podcast. He says, I agree with Bo. So I get a bunch of messages. Either way, it was a very stimulating appearance by Bo Deedle. This is our number three of the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show on this Tuesday. No Bernie today. Probably not tomorrow, maybe not Thursday either. We'll see. He's not feeling great. And uh, we'll uh, see how he does uh, the rest of the week. I will keep you informed. All I know is that he's um, resting up this morning. And uh, I will take you through the day, as I always do. And we'll have a great show. But uh, we certainly miss Bernard. Uh, But Bo is terrific. Coming up at 840, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Coming up at 925, Dove Hikend. So we got some uh, more good guests coming up and some important stuff to discuss. But in the update there, Deb Valentine, a very talented news lady, talked about this uh, bill, this $739 billion tax and spending bill, which Joe Biden has named the Reduce Inflation Bill, the Inflation Reduction Bill, whatever it is. It's an insult because there's really nothing in the bill, nothing that's going to help reduce inflation. That's the name of the bill, but there's nothing in the bill that will do that. I mean, nothing. I don't need Larry Kudlow or Ron Insana or Maria Bartiromo or Gary Cohn to tell me that. I know that, and I'm a moron. I'm a dopey radio host. There is nothing in this bill to reduce inflation. So somebody asked this uh, this Jamie Raskin, this rep. He's got the worst hair I've ever seen, and that comes from me. I'm a ball guy. This uh, idiot about, uh, well, he explained to us at least in this Inflation Act how it's going to lower inflation. And if you don't believe me, Jamie Raskin who is you know, about as enthusiastic about this bill as Joe Biden, here's his answer on how the inflation reduction bill will lower inflation. As soon as the act goes into uh, effect, I hope that all of the provisions will begin to work. I, am, uh, I, I know that those who have been blaming President Biden for the inflation going up are now giving President Biden all the credit for inflation going down. So we're moving things in the right direction already. And what parts of the bill do you think will will quickly work on that specifically? Next question. Next question. What is wrong with that question? What parts of the bill, Jamie, will help lower inflation? The name of the bill, inflation reduction. What parts? you got to play that again. What parts of the bill will lower inflation? Answer, next question. Play that again. As soon as the act goes into uh, effect... I hope that all of the provisions will begin to work. I am. Uh, I, I know that those who have been blaming President Biden for the inflation going up are now giving President Biden all the credit for inflation no, going down. So we're moving no, things in the true. right direction already. No, that's not right. And what parts of the bill do you think will will quickly work on that specifically? The, the, uh, next question. Couldn't answer. Next question. What parts of the bill will lower inflation? I, I just don't understand. I don't understand. Oh, my God. Yes, Mike. Thank you, the great Mike Francesa. How Democrats can't figure this out. They can't figure it out. They're lying to you. They're lying to you. Every day they lie to you. And again, Biden's taking a victory lap. Like he's done something great, you know. And then poor Rudy Giuliani, who's the greatest mayor in the history of this city, the esteemed Rudy Giuliani, who also does a really great show here every weekday at 3, Right before uh, Buster Snurdly and John Katzimatidis, they got this poor bastard in uh, Georgia. 
facing a grand jury over nonsense that either rigged the election. I mean, God, I mean, enough of this. So uh, now the Mets and Rudy Giuliani about to get their asses kicked in Atlanta. <laughs> I did that. Taxes on small and small corp. Yeah, Mets lost uh, 13 to 1 last night. And now Rudy, I, I believe he's going to testify tomorrow. Not today, but tomorrow. But he was on with my guy, John Katsimatidis. My man, John, that great Cats at Night show, 5 o'clock every weekday. Also, check out Cats on Sundays. That's a great show, too, 8 a.m. Cats Roundtable. But Rudy was on yesterday on his way to Georgia. This is uh, Rudy Giuliani number 8, and he talks about how un-American this whole Georgia situation is. Giuliani number 8. I I should tell people I was his attorney in that proceeding. I never appeared as anything else but his attorney. So this is a rather... uh, similar kind of situation to what we've been seeing, which is a complete distortion of the Constitution. Now, let me tell you, New York is a brutal Democrat city. Los Angeles is a brutal Democrat city. Chicago. But in this cut, Rudy Giuliani, number 10, he says Atlanta may be worse than all of them. I mean, the situation in Atlanta is a disaster. Atlanta is maybe one of the three or four most crooked cities in the country. It's dominated by the Democratic Party. It's a democratic dictatorship. I'm not backing out, but God Almighty! I mean, every other mayor of Atlanta goes to jail. <laughs> He's right. And uh, finally, here Rudy Giuliani again in Georgia, Fulton County grand jury tomorrow. What a waste of time and money! My God, Rudy Giuliani talks about the double standard that exists in America today. You damn right, there's a double standard, and it's ripping the country apart. That's really the reason for our disunity. When you see Hunter Biden and Joe Biden going off on a paid-for vacation that they're not paying for, when they've, you know, stolen millions, and meanwhile Trump's house is being raided for no reason, his wife's bedroom is being torn apart, you say to yourself, there's something wrong in this country. Damn right, there's something wrong in this country. That raid... Still, uh, no real explanation. Merrick Garland, he said nothing. Democrats were celebrating last Friday. We got him. We got Trump. Oh, he's going to jail. He's finished. Haven't you learned yet, folks? He said the same thing about Russia. He said the same thing about the initial phone call with Trump and Zelensky with Ukraine. You said the same thing during that ridiculous impeachment trial. You keep saying January 6th. When are you going to come to the realization you got nothing? You got nothing. As they would say in Brooklyn, you got dick. That's what you got. And uh, Donald Trump laughs every single day. He may not win, Bo Deedle, but my man, that's the real Teflon Don right there, Don Trump. You know, uh, in the movie Ghost, when uh, Ted Danson jumps into Whoopi Goldberg's body and then Whoopi makes out with the me? It's a pretty awkward scene, by the way. I think Bernie jumped into my body. I swear to God. I, 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 what's going on with me and Trump? <laughs> I didn't even vote for that bastard in 2016. I thought it was the dumbest campaign I've ever seen in my life. But now I, I, I love the guy. My book, there's a whole chapter on Donald Trump. Oh, it's about selling books. That's what it is. No, it's not. Now, if you do some sculpting, it'll really be scary. Oh, when she did the pottery thing, that was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah. Was she naked in that scene? Yeah, she was way naked. She wasn't, but to say she was, okay? Yes. And yeah, R.E.M.'s perfect circle played in the same Oh, God. Lou, you better stop that right now. <laughs> stop. i got to get through these next two hours. Okay, sorry. Mark Levin talked about, I played this earlier, uh, but it's so good. By the way, I'll be on Mark Levin's show September the 8th, promoting Wake my up. book. Thank you. Citizens United. Thank you to Mark. He talked about the raid 
on uh, Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate, which you just heard Woody Giuliani talking about. Here is a Mark Levin number seven. What a joke that was, that raid. What took place at Mar-a-Lago, let me be very, very clear, is a message being sent to all Americans that the ruling class is in revolt, that they need to take down Trump, two phony impeachments, a phony criminal investigation, a phony investigation in Albany, New York, a phony investigation in Fulton County, Georgia, a January 6th unconstitutional committee, a U.S. attorney with ties to Obama, completely rogue and out of control. That's what's going on. The ruling class is saying, you will listen to us. We will rule over you. We want conformity. You're not to speak against us. You're not to protest against us. And by God, you're not to vote against us. And if we can crush Donald Trump, we will send a message that we can crush each and every one of you. That's what took place at Mar-a-Lago. See, I love that from Mark Levin. And that's why I disagree with Bo Deedle. I think he's wrong. Uh, And look, I, I was starting to feel the same way early on during the January 6th nonsense. I said, no, I never believed it. Obviously, me and Bernie covered that thing as well as anybody could. Lies about five cops dying, and we know what really happened that day. Nothing, basically. It was embarrassing. It was awful. Don't get me wrong. Embarrassing. But as I've said a thousand times, and I say it in my book, on any given night during the summer of 2020, in any one of these cities, Chicago, Atlanta, Portland, New York, it was worse. Setting police precincts on fire, spinning and beating up cops, beating up people just having dinner outside in the streets. There were shootings. There were stabbings. It was complete anarchy. It was complete madness. Any given night in any one of those cities, if we're going to be honest about the damage and the death and all those things, it would worse. It was worse than January 6th. But yeah, it looked bad. I know it was the capital. It's the people's home, blah, blah, blah. Crap. Not my home. Maybe AOC's home and Peter King's home at one point. Not mine. Uh, I look at it like I looked at any other night, and it wasn't uh, any worse. And I still feel that way, and so does Bernie. Uh, but I knew that the the, the, the public was going to get crazy. Oh, my God, Donald Trump. And so I started to veer just a little, but I came right back. And now I really believe, after this latest raid uh, where Bo was wrong, is that people love Trump now. They love him. I do believe moderates are starting to think, wait a second, this guy for six years from the day he came down the escalator, has been the target of one big witch hunt. Bo, I think you got to listen to that. I think people are starting to figure that out. Mark Levin just ran down the list, the list of all the attacks on Trump. This hoax and that hoax and this hoax. And yes, yes, does he say things that are stupid? Yes. John McCain You can never take that back. That was so disrespectful, so disgusting, and so stupid that Trump should lose sleep every night of his life over that. But he's, you know, standing in front of a gravesite in France and talking about Nancy Pelosi. Not smart. I get it, Trump. Comparing his wife to Ted Cruz's wife as the president. Come on. Really? I get all that. I get all that. But there were no world wars, and the economy was great. There weren't people beating each other up in the streets. That's what I care about. And Trump has that on his resume, and Ron DeSantis doesn't have a resume. He's got one in Miami, in Tallahassee, in Jacksonville, in Boca. Great, great. Not in the country. So we got uh, Nicole Sapphire at 840. Lydia coming up next. Beat Sid and Dove Hiking. And the Lou Dobbs Business Report. 
for some more Brian Adams on a kick-ass Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid. is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Here's a story I think a lot of people don't know about, haven't been talking about, but they should know because it, you have to stop these things where they start. So the Atlantic, it's it's a magazine. It's very radical left wing. It doesn't have much of a circulation, but they released an article recently, and the title is How Extremist Gun Culture is Trying to Co-Opt the Rosary, How the Rosary Became an Extremist Symbol. The article starts off with, just as the AR-15 became a sacred object among Christian nationalists, and now they have co-opted the rosary uh, for, a, I mean, this is just, this is so ridiculous uh, because that's, it's completely not true. And here's the other thing. So I'm looking at the pictures that they put of the rosary, right? Uh, first of all, they have no pictures of, of Jesus or Mary or anything else like that. And then when they show the one that goes around your, your uh, wrist, the beads are all off. It's like six beads and then five beads. It's supposed to be 10 beads, you know, each, each, uh, you know, around because those are the 10 Hail Marys and then the, you know, a, it, it's just, they don't even know what they're talking about. They use the wrong pictures. So we have to, could you imagine, Sid, I know you're Jewish, right? But imagine if an article like this talked about the Jewish star and how it became a radical symbol. There would be an uproar. Or if it was like Black Lives Matter or any, I mean, which yeah, no, is not I, a religion. I disagree about the Jews. I mean, for some reason, it, it's it's almost chic these days to kick our ass. And no one really stands up for us outside of Dove hiking and like three other people. So I disagree about the Jews. But there certainly has been an attack over the last years on Christianity. And I don't really understand it. I don't get it. I'm with you 100%. Well, well, Christian, they, they want to say Christian nationalists, this and that. Our country was founded, uh, you know, on, on, on Christianity. That's what this country was founded upon, whether you, whether you like it or not. Okay. That's why it says it on the, on our dollar bill in God we trust. That's why we put our hands over our hearts when we do the Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, God is the fundamental cornerstone to what our democracy was built upon. And yet these people want to, want to destroy it. And I think we need to talk about stuff like this, even though it's just a, a garbage uh, magazine article. You got to nip these things in the bud. Where are the protests? Where are the talks about nah, getting their sponsors like deleted happen. and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah. I mean, we go nuts over, oh, BLM or anything to do with racism or anything trans. They tried to cancel Dave Chappelle because he said, you know, if you're born a guy, this or that, but yet this, this is okay. You can say that the rosary is now an extremist symbol. Little old ladies carrying their rosary yeah. beads. I carry rosary beads with me, but yeah. they, you're, well, an, I'm kinda, an extremist yeah, now. Yeah, I'm it, an extremist. It is kind of crazy. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious note, when we talk, um, for example, Lydia, about these uh, shooters, you know, like this, this low life in Uvalde, Texas, or, and I specifically talk about two, even though we've got other shooters, right? Nicholas Cruz killed high school kids down in Parkland. But the two that really come to mind are uh, Adam Lanza and Sandy Hook 
and the guy in Uvalde, because they kill little kids. And we talk about what's wrong with our kids today. And I got to tell you, more than often, the people that we speak to on this show, Bernie and I, always go back to religion. One of the problems is is the lack of religion in schools and family. And I'm not an overly religious person. I don't dive in every day. I don't wrap the filling. I don't go to shul every Saturday. But I certainly have enough Yiddishkeit in my household for my kids so they know there is a God and there's a reason to love other human beings and i think when you talk about this story it's another example of how people have just forgotten about religion and that is part of the reason why we've got so many people running amok and out of control i couldn't agree more they're trying to demonize people for believing in a higher power and you have the biden administration too they're trying to help fund this type of uh, atheist type of propaganda and he, you know, he is just such a phony fraud. He goes to church every day and he supposedly he carries rosary beads in his pocket, this and that. And yet everything the Biden administration has done yeah. has been to destroy God I and know. everything yeah. that God yeah. stands for. You know, I, there was a time in my life when I was really struggling with alcohol and drugs and I was in a rehab, Lydia. And uh, it was a very, very sad time in my life. And I was in a rehab and my parents had to come one day and do an exercise with me where we sat in a room and we just talked about my upbringing, my childhood, and I stopped believing in God. In fact, I disliked God. I remember sitting with my parents and the priest and going, if there was a God, how would he allow a plane to hit the building? Well, well, you know, evil people take their, their own will into their own hands. And then I had to go to these AA meetings every day, and they ask you to have a higher power. And I didn't believe in God. So my sponsor said to me, take God, take G-O-D, and in place of God, put group of drunks, group of drunks. And for years, that's what I used as my higher power. And then when my father was dying in a coma and I passed a, a billboard in North Carolina that said, you know, pray Jesus loves you. And I looked at the sign and I said, you may not be my God, but I need your help. And my dad came out of the coma two days later. Ever since then, over a decade ago, I believe in God more than ever. And I think everybody should. Why not? To, to argue it is such a waste of time. It's such a waste of time. And, you know, I, I remember this one priest. I know we have to wrap this up. This priest, he said to me, you know, love, right? We all believe in love. We all can feel love, right? You can feel it. It's in your heart. You love your kids to death. You love your wife. I love my daughter, my husband and my parents and my family. Yet we can't touch it, right? We can't put it in a box. We can't put it on a shelf, but it exists. And that's what God is. God is love. So even though we can't like physically see it, have no doubt that God exists just love exists because we feel it in our hearts so we're ending this report on a very positive note yes. we'll talk about this story and maybe so many other stories tonight john katzmatidi's five o'clock where we stand for truth justice and the american way that was a and god and god godly report a beautiful report thank you lydia really a great job folks you got to follow lydia on instagram at lydia news one on Twitter, at Lydia News. That was great. Really, that was great. Very uplifting on this uh, Tuesday morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, first of all, uh, I think it's BS. That's what I think. I think he should be allowed to play. My personal opinion is I've been vaccinated. I had a booster shot. That's up to the individual. Um, I, If I were him, and I'm not him, and you know, he's won a lot more majors than me, and it's probably because he's dug in his heels and found that gear or that will that very few people in any sport have ever found. So that's part of what's made him so great. 
so he sticks to his guns, and he's perfectly entitled to make the decision. The guy's one of the greatest athletes, uh, you know, in any sport. He puts, he's very careful about anything he puts in his body. So it's frustrating to see at this point when we're sitting here and we're all having a great time and that he's not allowed into the country right now because he's not vaccinated. I, 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 it's really unfortunate, but um, that's the rules that we have right now with the government. I don't agree with it, um, but uh, say la vie at the moment. Ah, nicely done. 45 years ago today, Elvis Presley died. But as I told you earlier, thanks to John Cirillo, on this day, August 16th, Babe Ruth and Aretha Franklin, we are listening to right now, they also died. That's quite a trio. Elvis, Aretha, and Babe. And uh, that was John McEnroe, the great John McEnroe, who did win a bunch of majors along the way. But he was talking about Novak Djokovic. And look, we're in the middle of an unbelievable era in tennis, specifically on the men's side. Three guys with 20-plus majors apiece, Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, and Djokovic. But Djokovic may be the best of the three. I know he is certainly in in Australia. But, um, no, that's when Nadal plays well, excuse me. But uh, nevertheless, he is not allowed to play in New York's biggest event of the year, the U.S. Open later on this month in Queens, because he's not been vaccinated. So I saw my friend, the lovely Dr. Nicole Sapphire, on Fox News talking about this yesterday. And you guys know I'm a big tennis fan. Patrick McEnroe was on this show live from Wimbledon just a couple of weeks ago. So I had to get Nicole on and talk about it. So here she is, Fox News, big-time doctor, big-time author as well. She's in my book, Citizens United, my friend Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Nicole, Bernie's out today. Just Sid, how are you? Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, always great to have you. Let's get right to that story. You, you heard McEnroe. He's been vaccinated. He got his booster. Me too. Been vaccinated, got my booster. But I think at this point it is beyond ridiculous that anybody should not be allowed to do anything in this country because of COVID and the vaccinations. Beyond ridiculous. Your medical thoughts. Well, and the, finally, the CDC actually acknowledges that. The CDC last week updated their recommendations, and they said because these vaccines and boosters don't really prevent someone getting infected, they don't prevent someone someone else, and the fact that over 90% of Americans have natural immunity and natural immunity offers some protection as well, they said we should no longer be discriminating between vaccinated and unvaccinated. Therefore... The CDC needs to update their global entry requirements because right now they still require vaccination to come into the country, uh, to come into the country legally, I should say. As, as we've noted, you don't need to be vaccinated to come in illegally across the borders. But to legally come into the country, you have to be vaccinated. But yet their own recommendations say we shouldn't be discriminating anymore, vaccinated or unvaccinated. So, you know, if the CDC wants to gain a monicum of public trust again and just be consistent with their own recommendations, it would behoove them to remove that requirement, which would ultimately allow Djokovic to play at the U.S. Open at the end of this month. We will get to the illegals in a moment. The CDC sucks. I know you're a doctor. You won't say that. I will. They suck. The WHO sucks. 
Fauci, all these people, all these organizations, all these groups have really embarrassed themselves. I know it was difficult, something we've never seen before, but I mean, from one week to the next, it was a different philosophy, a different out, and why the, the, the federal government uh, still listen to the CDC when they've been wrong about this thing only a billion times, a billion. Can you explain that to me? how they've been wrong a billion no, times. No, explain why anybody, I know why they've been wrong, but because they just take shots in the dark, but then why would anybody use them as a barometer to make any real decision? Why would anybody do that? Well, I, unfortunately, it's been proven over and over again. I mean, I talked about this at the beginning of the pandemic in my book, Panic Attack, about how politicized these public health entities became. And it was just one example after another how politics inserted itself into a lot of these recommendations, and they were very slow moving to update them as the science evolved. And you know, it's very frustrating, uh, and it's, uh, it's hard for people to look at the CDC as the barometer, but unfortunately, people do. Uh, your, your federal government does. A lot of state governments do. And even these academic universities, they're going even more strict from the CDC at this point wish people would start following the updated CDC recommendations. Instead, you have academic universe or you have you know, colleges, you have academic institutions that are requiring booster shots in otherwise healthy individuals who have already been vaccinated, who have already had COVID. And the CDC is saying we don't need to discriminate anymore. It should be risk based individually. So I actually wish people would actually would start following the CDC's recommendations. Now, they should have been this way for the last six to eight months at least, but it took them a very long time to update them. But unfortunately, the CDC is still not even speaking out for what is right. The fact that you still have mask mandates for the youngest children in schools across the country. You still have booster requirements for healthy young adults in colleges, and you still have surveillance testing of asymptomatic people going on everywhere. And the CDC is it doesn't actually even recommend that. No. They're not speaking out against it either. So in my in my opinion, they are still culpable of negligence if they don't speak out and protect the people. I agree. That's why I stopped listening to them a very, 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 very long time ago. You know, the kids don't have a choice. They've been mandated to wear the mask. But I have to tell you, Dr. Nicole, working in uh, New York City, in fact, I'll be in the Upper West Side today, and even on the ferry, on my ride back to my home, you must wear the mask if you're inside in the ferry. I don't get that. And I must tell you that when you walk the streets of the Upper West Side, there are still thousands and thousands of adults that walk around on a day like today, 77 and sunny, wearing masks. Explain that to me. Why? Well, listen, unfortunately, we have now come into a situation where more people are wearing masks for the optics and because they feel that it is inclusive to this culture that has been created, um, predominantly by the political left. If you're not wearing a mask, then, you know, you're a pro-Trumper, you're Republican, and you're anti-mask. It's like, well, no, that's not true. We just know a lot more about this virus. It's a milder variant. We're going to be okay, so we don't feel the need to wear a mask. Uh, I think that mask mandates have no place anywhere in this country anymore especially as we have shown study after study, these population mask mandates or even mask mandates in schools, they really don't have a clinically significant benefit. You know, should mask wearing still occur in very high-risk settings? You know, quite possibly yes, but not just because of COVID, but because of many other respiratory viruses in your most severely immunocompromised, 
Um, but moving forward, it should be risk-based. And if people want to wear a mask, by all means, wear a mask. But yeah. no one should be telling anyone they have to wear a mask anymore. You know, the, the real, um, I, I guess, cynics say, Nicole, that it's not about a shot in the dark, my buddy Ralph included. It's not about uh, bad science. But the reason why this is still going on, vaccines and boosters and all this stuff, is because of big pharma and the millions, if not billions of dollars that uh, these uh, these companies are making who deal with this stuff. Uh, is that a conspiracy theory or is there some real credence to that? I don't know if I would call that a conspiracy theory. I think Pfizer is doing very well between their um, vaccines, boosters, and Paxlovid. I mean, essentially, the White House has been their own personal marketing campaign for Pfizer throughout this entire pandemic since the Biden administration has taken over. Uh, I think that a lot of things are being, I think the, some of the boosters are being oversold. I think Paxlovid is being overprescribed. Um, is it a conspiracy theory that it, they're doing that, you know, in cahoots with big pharma? I'm not going to go as far to say that, but I would certainly look into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do just personally think that certain things are being overutilized and Pfizer and the other big pharma is, is benefiting from it. All right, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, Fox News. You mentioned the illegals, and I can't believe I'm talking about this, but polio, Dr. Nicole, polio is back. What are your thoughts on that? Well, polio is back not because of illegal boarding cross, border crossing. Let's be very clear about that. Oh, well, so we're far, so far, rise, right, so far. A rise, no, we're, no, I'm not even going to give you that. The reason that we're seeing a rise in polio cases is because that you have populations of low vaccination rates, uh, specifically in um, Hasidic Jewish populations. We've seen measles outbreak, polio outbreak um, in areas of like Rockland County, New York, where they have notoriously low childhood vaccination rates. What happens is if these people are in Europe, Europe still uses a partially live virus for their vaccine for polio. And so people have a, a very mild version of polio circulating in their system. When that person travels to an area legally that has a low vaccination rate, they are able to transmit it to someone else, and it can infect that someone else who hasn't been vaccinated, and you can transmit it to other people. And so that's what's happening. In the United States, we don't use those vaccines. We use a much safer vaccine where you are not having live virus in you and you're not able to transmit it to anybody else. But when you have people just legally going between Europe and the United States and you have these pockets of low vaccination rates, you will see a rise in cases. And throughout COVID, there was a decrease in pediatric vaccinations. And I'm not just talking about COVID. I'm talking about all of them. And unfortunately, polio, measles, mumps, all of these other viruses are significantly more deadly than COVID. So if you didn't want to get your kids vaccinated for COVID, you know what? I, I can I can agree with you on many levels especially if you have healthy young children. I've written about that many times. But when it comes to measles and polio and others, you know, I, yeah. I, have, I can't get on board of not vaccinating. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. Right. So let's talk about then some of the diseases that are coming across our border from these illegals. You, you kind of intimated uh, it uh, a little while ago. Let's exclude polio then because you've made the point that that's basically here and not coming across the border. What are we facing uh, beyond uh, COVID, folks that are crossing the border, the health issues? Well, certainly things that we worry about coming across the southwest border. Well, we have to remember, not everyone's coming from Mexico or Central America or South America. People are coming from the Middle East through the southwest border as well and various other places of the world. Um, but we we do worry about 
Um, obviously, the respiratory infections such as COVID, tuberculosis is a big thing, um, also some fungal infections. But mostly when you see these large caravans and people really congregating together, we're really worried about the respiratory and GI viruses. Um, kind of if you think of all the outbreaks that occur on a cruise ship, the same things are happening when you have large migrants congregating, congregating together and coming across the border. Is it possible that you are seeing some of these other viruses like a polio virus or a measles virus? It's possible. But the issue is if we have a large vaccinated community, that has nowhere to go. People aren't going to get it. It's the problem is when it goes to an area with low vaccine rates. Last one, monkeypox. Uh, the uh, homosexual community actually boasts about their own promiscuity. I've got, I've got a million friends, so do you, that are gay. They actually joke about it and boast about it. And as far as we know, the only way monkeypox really gets transmitted is through that. I mean, I guess if there's a kid at home and he touches a towel, it can happen that way, too. Uh, do we know for a fact that at least right now it is predominantly, uh, yeah, I get that in the homosexual community, monkeypox? Right. So I think I've seen reports um, varying numbers, but I think upward of 90 to 95 percent of all confirmed monkeypox cases right now outside of Africa is in the um, homosexual or yeah. male to male sexual contact. Um, it is. Well, what do you mean male to male? So, so lesbians don't get it? You know, I keep, well, I guess they're saying that not every man who has sex with a man is considered homosexual. Maybe they're bisexual. Maybe they're, I don't even know. What? what (laughs) You and I can talk about that later. (laughs) Male-to-male sexual sexual transmission is the way that it's worded. So fine, I'm going to go with that. But so uh, uh, upward 90, 95% is male-to-male sexual transmission. Now, the truth is you can get these, kind of if you think of someone with chicken pox, you can get these sores on your body. And if those sores blister and break and someone and you wipe it up with a towel or someone touches it and say they have an open sore or they touch their eyes or their mouth, it's possible that they could get it, too. But that mode of transmission is much, much, much less likely. And you really need that intimate contact, physical contact to get it. It's not like COVID where standing in a an elevator with someone, you could actually get it. It's right. not like that at all. Right, it's not everyone. So in the last uh, 45 seconds here, Nicole, should we brace for another variant? I feel like the government and politics will make sure that, at least when Democrats are in charge, that there will always be some type of COVID variant around, even if there's not. Is that a conspiracy theory on my part? Oh, certainly not. I mean, but think about it. We've we, Somehow we've moved on. I mean, you had the Spanish influenza flu over a century ago, and we have moved on with the fact acknowledging we have a flu season every year, and there are different variants, which is why we have to have different flu shots every year. Why anyone would not, would be surprised that we would have a COVID and flu season is beyond me. I mean, coronaviruses mutate much more than influenza does. So, it, of course, we're going to have variant after variant, and we'll probably have annual boosters, and they should be targeted for the high risk or anyone that wants them. But it certainly should not require a mandate or be a universal campaign, as we have already demonstrated over and over, that there is natural immunity protection from prior infection, and most Americans have already been infected. All right, there you have it, folks. Make America Healthy Again, Panic Attack. Two great books that Dr. Nicole Sapphire wrote. She's in my book, Citizens United, as one of our great guests that me and Bernie bring on on a regular basis. Excellent job again today. Keep up the great work on Fox News. We love you. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, sweetheart. Take care. Dr. Nicole Sapphire, who, by the way, has a real job, uh, folks. She works at Sloan Kettering. So she's uh, sounds like she's actually running into the hospital now. So uh, while she's a great 
uh, Fox correspondent when it comes to this stuff and looks great on television. She actually does save lives every day, so good for her. We'll take a short break. The fourth and final hour promises to be very, very good, which includes Dove Hyken. For nearly 40 years, Dove served as one of the great assemblymen in New York history, that Borough Park area, and he's got a bone to pick with Governor Kathy Hochul. You're going to find out why. You can keep it right here, Bernie and Sid, on a Tuesday. And sit in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rosenbergs are heading back to the Crystal Springs Resort on Friday. You know, a little bit of a vacation. It's a nice little uh, getaway up in the mountains of northern New Jersey. Gorgeous place. In fact, on Friday, me and the lovely, the beautiful Danielle will get a, um, we're doing massages together. That's going to be great. And uh, we got all kinds of activities. Gabe, for the weekend, uh, Ava is away. So it's me, Dan, and Gabe. And we're looking forward to uh, the, it's a beautiful place. And it's right, it's like an hour away from the George Washington Bridge. It's right here. I mean, right here. So we'll do that this weekend. They got a bunch of book signings coming up and Lee Zeldin events, Trump, all that good stuff. I got to see my mom upstate. And then before you know it, folks, summer's over. That's it. Week one oh, of no. the NFL season. That's right. And I'll be looking outside these beautiful windows on Third Avenue in this gorgeous studio that John Katzmatidis built, and I'll see snow. And I'll be like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> you gotta move again. <laughs> Time to move. That house in Boca is still there. Anyway, got a great hour coming up. I promise you, folks. Beat Sid, Dove Hikind, Vinny Madunio, and a whole bunch more. Bernie and Sid on a Tuesday. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, Curtis is very close with Rudy. We know this. His Gumbadi Cheech. My Gumbadi Cheech here at the radio station is my bromance, Sid. Sidney Rosenberg. Love that guy. He left me a little present today. Uh, it's this new book that everybody's talking about, Citizens United. I think you all need to check it out if you haven't done so already. In fact, I'm going to give you the scoop right now on how you can meet Sid and get a copy of the book signed. Go see him and tell him I sent you on August 27th at Michael's of Brooklyn. It's at 12 noon. Go to his Instagram. There's details on how you can do it. And you tell him that his Gumbadi Cheech, Vinny Madunio, is encouraging you to pick up the next New York Times bestseller, okay? That's all I'm going to say about it. And if you don't get the book, we're going to send Curtis to your house to rough you up a little bit.
It's my boy, Vinny Madunio. I know he loves this song. The SOS band used to love this song. I miss disco. Vinny, I guess, unprovoked, brought up my book, Citizens United, and one of my book signings on Saturday. Vinny's on every Saturday, part of our tremendous music weekend here at WABC. John and Margot Katsimatidis. Uh, just a genius move on them. I chaired two, Chad Lopez, but... You know, Joe Piscopo and Dina Martin and Tony Orlando and Bruce Morrow and Vinny. really is uh, great stuff. And um, Vinny and I have become uh, pretty friendly. I like the kid a lot, a lot. Very talented, mind you. And he brought up the book. So you bring up my book, you're, you're good with me. That's all. <laughs> That's simple. So I'll be on the Mark Levin Show. I'll be on Fox and Friends. I'll be on Brian Kilmeade's Saturday Night Show. I'll be on Adam Carolla's podcast. I'll be on with Carton on the fan. I'll be everywhere. Uh, the book uh, officially comes out September the 6th, and uh, then it's going to be just a huge Sid tour, which, by the way, is great for Bernie and Sid, great, and great for WABC. I mean, that's part of the reason why we get the ratings we get at this station is because of the extracurricular stuff that I do. I mean, I've, I've introduced this show to so many people in so many different areas I mean, the whole cast of Gravesend watches, uh, listens to this show now. Uh, every real housewife listens to this show now. The whole cast of the Gemini Lounge. Uh, all these other um, projects that I do uh, brings in a whole new group of audience. And once they get here and they listen to Bernie and say they love it, they ain't leaving. They ain't leaving. Not for Boomer. Not for Len Berman. They ain't leaving. Not even for Elvis. And I love Elvis. Not Presley Elvis Duran. They're staying. So it um, it's good for everybody, and um, I'm excited about the book. You know, uh, talking about books, I guess there's a there's a memoir. We'll talk to Dove Hyken about Kathy Hochul and about this awful tragedy in Israel coming up in about uh, 15 minutes. There's a memoir that's out. I saw this in uh, today's New York Post a couple of pages after they talked about Alec Baldwin being in real trouble. I guess Alec Baldwin, the, the uh, evidence is starting to really pile up that he shot this girl on that movie set, and he's going to have to pay a price. So if, you were, if you're an Alec Baldwin fan, like my wife, and you think he's getting away with this because it was a quote-unquote accident, it looks like that's not going to be the case. Evidence piling up. Maureen Callahan writes about it in today's New York Post on Baldwin. But there's a book. Um, it's called End of His Rope. Brian Gewitz has written a memoir about working for the WWE, and that brought back some crazy memories because there was a short time in my life where I loved wrestling. Short time. I mean, I, you know, I, for years I've talked about people, what kind of person, what kind of person shows up like at Raw and, and yells and screams for, for, for some, you know, juiced up. I know you probably do, Rocco. What kind of idiot shows up, I'm sorry, Rock, at these things? I mean, it's just... As bad as you look wearing like a Piazza jersey to a baseball game or a Emerson Boozer jersey to a football game, you start showing up with your Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt at some arena on a Monday night. You're really a loser. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear it. You're a loser. Big time loser. But there was a short time where I liked it when I was a kid, when it was, you know, better, like everything else, right? Music was better than, you know this, little sports was better than, movies was better than, TV was better, and wrestling was better. I used to come home all coked up. I'm not uh, proud of that, but it's true. It'd be like 6 o'clock in the morning. I'd walk into my parents' house. They'd be asleep. 
and I'd uh, go into my bedroom, and I'd put on Channel 9 or 11, I forget, maybe 9. It was 9. It was 9. And I, and I used to watch Bob Backlund walk up and down the stairs for like 15 minutes. I was just thinking about Backlund. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was going to be Bob Backlund. Yeah, walking up and down the stairs. And then Ivan Putsky would come out and, and, and say something. And, you know, the uh, the crazy Iranian guy, what was his name? The, uh, the, the, the Iranian sheik or something. The uh, sheik. The sheik. Yeah. And I loved it. I, you know, I loved Hillbilly Jim. I loved uh, Ricky Haystack, Steamboat Dragon. Haystacks Calhoun. Haystacks Calhoun was his father. I found out earlier today. Hillbilly's father. I loved uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Um, I loved, uh, you know, back then, what's his name? was still wrestling Andre the Giant. He had uh, Marco Megley, which was a terrible thing, by the way. Um, the Samoan Brothers. I know I'm missing some bigger names. Hulk, obviously, Hulk Hogan. And I, uh, yeah, I would watch it, you know, but I knew it was theater. Like, I knew it wasn't real. And there was no way... Even though I watched it all the time, you couldn't pay me to actually go to one of those events, ever. The only time I wanted to go, I'll be honest, I'm a big Mike Tyson guy. I know Mike very well personally. I've interviewed Mike Tyson a lot, a lot. And we have a lot in common, Mike Tyson, and I believe it or not, above and beyond the drug use. And he was at uh, one of those uh, dopey uh, wrestling, uh, what what, do you call it, the big thing, WrestleMania. And he had that, uh, the X thing he did. You remember this? uh, Pete Rose was there, I think, that night, too. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Real's WrestleMania. Yeah, it was like one WrestleMania with Mike Tyson. Like, I think I want to go to that, but otherwise, I just, I just don't get it. Yeah, I see you there, Sid. <laughs> I love Mike, but uh, I want to get this book. I, you know, Bernie and I actually bought on a couple of guys a couple of years ago. There was, uh, there's a like a league of over the hill wrestlers, like Jake the Snake Roberts, and uh, you know Jimmy Superfly Snooker. They may be dead by now. I don't even know. Uh, what's his name was still uh, Rick Flair. Woo! He was out there. <laughs> and we started bringing these guys on. Yeah. And uh, they were great interviews. They were great. And the, 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 I think they're all dead. I don't even know. Are they alive? Do you watch this well, nonsense? Who's, who, who, who are you talking to me? Yeah. No, I do not watch any WrestleMania. Hashi Organbaum no. mentions Bruno Sammartino. Not, that's not, a good one. Not since I talked to Bruno Sammartino. That's yes. the guy I was trying to think of. That's a Hashi's guy. Yeah. But you did watch it years ago, right? Yes. Did you, have a, favorite, did you have a favorite wrestler? I, yeah. I liked Bob Backlund, too. <laughs> yeah. You know, he actually ran for office in the state of Connecticut. He, he, he got killed, though, but he ran for office. He Bob Backlund. seemed like he'd be a smart guy. He was a smarter guy than the rest of those guys, all jacked up on coke. And I remember one time there was a, a big fight, a big, big fight at uh, Madison Square Garden. And it was the Sheik, you know, the Iron Sheik. And he was going to fight Jimmy Hacksaw Dugan. Big, big deal. Uh, you know, they hate each other. They, they want to kill each other. They're going to kill each other. And it's like an hour and a half before the fight. And the cops, I believe this is a true story, maybe urban legend, I don't know. The cops converge on this car. And in the car is the Iron Cheek and Jimmy Hacksaw Dugan. They're about to kill each other. They hate each other. And they're in the car together doing drugs with, like, wham, playing on the radio. And it was like, you see, you can't buy any of this stuff. Is that a true story? The Iron Cheek and Jim Hacksaw Dugan partying together before, like, a grudge match fight? You know if that's true, Lou? No, that was when wrestling was wrestling, boy. Oh, those are the good old days. That was it. Yeah. You can't you you can't knock guys now though if you know that much about wrestling back then. Well, so you I, can't call these guys I, I, listen, losers. You know that uh, I'll tell you a true story. Paul Orndorff, Mister Wonderful, once said about me that I've got a better body than a wrestler. That's a true story. And I did know for a little while who was the other wrestler. He's dead now. His girlfriend was Elizabeth, and uh, she got killed. 
Triple H and all those guys hung out with her. She was hot as hell. He, he did the, the he, he did those beef had, jerky commercials. He's like, I'm at a beef awesome. jerky. He had the glasses. Right? Yeah, the, the gla- glasses. A, a Randy Macho Rick Man Macho, Savage. Randy Savage. Boy, if somebody doesn't watch wrestling, I do. Yeah, you, you see, do not throw stones. I'm at like, the other I'm, I'm like Mean Gene Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> Even that I know. How about that? Paul Orndorff, oh, Mr. The, Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful, one of the greats. He's be coming on tomorrow. Uh, can we get him on? Hey, uh, Justin, <laughs> I think he's actually dead. I don't even know who's dead alive anymore. Gene Oakland's dead. He used to host these great events at the Hollywood Sportatorium down in Hollywood, Florida. And uh, is I guess it's still a big deal. Macedonia, you're of the age, and quite frankly, the intellect level. You would watch something like that. Is uh, wrestling still a big deal? Yeah, it's still a big deal. Do you watch it? Uh, I used to. I don't really watch it too much anymore. Well, you got well, you got older and smaller. Like the whole fanfare of it kind of gets it's a little corny. It's it's Corny? I think it's corny. It's so white trash, disgusting. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's a nicer way to put it. Yeah. Who did you like when you watched it? I was a huge fan of The Undertaker. I like The Undertaker. He was cool. Didn't he have a brother or something? Kane. Or... Yeah. You see, I know this. And they, he had that crazy manager. What was his name? Uh... Paul Bearer. There you go. Freddie Blossie. So that was your guy, The Undertaker? Oh, yeah, he was, was cool. Who was the guy that was in the Cindy Lauper videos? Oh, that was, uh, yes, uh, uh, Lou, Captain, uh, Captain Lou, Lou Albano. Albano. Yeah, he was big when Get I was a out. kid. He was a, he was very big when I was a kid. So that was the only guy you liked? Uh, no, Phil, I, I mean, there was a lot of guys. I liked CM Punk. He was cool. Yeah, he was aight. Uh, Ray Mysterio was my guy. I liked the guys who could, like, jump, you know, the high flyers. Jeff Hardy. He was, yeah. like, all drugged up, just flying off like... Nobody knows who Jeff Hardy is. Oh, he's cool. Whatever to the junkyard dog, he's dead. Remember when Lawrence Taylor actually fought Bam Bam Bigelow? That was horrible. That was, <laughs> it was a, horrible. LT and Bam Bam Bigelow. It was hilarious because he won. I know. I know. Well, anyway, you going to buy this book, this uh, memoir, the wrestling memoir? No. Why not? He got it for free already. Yeah, I'm going to get it for free also. I'm going to make a trade now. See, that's great. I have my own book. I can make trades. Like, like, Remember baseball cards when you were a kid? I'll trade you my Tom Seaver for your Gaylord Perry. I'll trade you Citizens United for this uh, wrestling book. How about that? Yeah, I'm going to start writing books now. Could so you book this that. guy, Phil, This uh, the wrestling guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll look into it. You know what his name is? No, I walked in halfway through this. You just, I just walked. Well, in. how are you going to book a guy if you have no idea well, what his name is? I was going to ask you after, you know, when the mics were off. Yeah, have you ever booked a guest before in your whole life? Yes. Not here, but yes. Not here? Yeah. You had a job someplace else? No, it was for my radio station in college. What college is that? William Patterson. That's a terrible school. I, it's good for radio. No, it's not. What went to Marconi. Name one famous person at the William Patterson College. Kevin Burkhart. Oh, my God, that is famous. Bill He's Pat- amazing, actually. Dick Vitale. Oh, get out of here. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my God, those are two of the all-time greatest. Yeah, it's, it's, uh... it's the greatest school ever. Why didn't I go there? I don't know. Phil Patterson went there, too. And Phil Patterson, yes. Justin Ellick went to Uranus College. Yeah. What about it? What other famous people went to that uh, school you went to, Uranus? Uh, uh, J.D. Salinger. That's such a lie. J.D. Salinger. I swear to God. The guy who wrote Catcher in the Rye? Yes. Went to your college? Look it up. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. See, you you never know these things, you know? No. He was a big liberal arts guy. That's why. Oh, okay. Didn't know. Well, his college, Patterson College, he's got Dick Vitale and who else? Kevin Burkhardt. Kevin Burkhardt. Wow. Oh, that's actually pretty big. I know. I met Kevin Burkhardt. He's really cool. Yeah. yeah. A, I guess of the book, this guy who wrote the wrestling book, and he claims he's, he's book guest at his college station. Who was the uh, guest you booked? I'm just curious. They were like MMA guys. Yeah, give me one. Mike Beltron. <laughs> <laughs> You're a regular Gary Delabate. Yeah. 
<laughs> Mike Beltran. Mike who? <laughs> yeah, that's right. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. So Dove Hyken is really pissed at Governor Hochul. And uh, Dove is a very religious, nice man. And it takes a lot to get Dove angry. And he's saying, well, why would Dove be so angry with Kathy Hochul? <laughs> oh, that was very John Stoning to me. Well, you're about to find out in about five minutes. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Burning and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I just want to say to the 1.77 views of call New York home, um, thank you for calling New York home. Don't go anywhere else. There's no better state. Florida's overrated. <laughs> I won't, yeah, I shouldn't say this, but look at the governor. I mean, just started, started at the top down. <laughs> Get in trouble. Gotta stay on script. Gotta stay. <laughs> and how do we keep our balance? That I can tell you in one word. Tradition! Telling my people, the Jewish people, not to leave. Talking about the great Jews in New York, Heshi Jorgenbaum. Loved that last segment. Of all people, Heshi, that's weird, right? And then he went on to the list like a hundred wrestlers. Sergeant Slaughter, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Buddhist of Beefcake. But um, this segment is about one Jewish man in particular, a guy that I've become very, very dear friends with. In fact, even enjoyed a Shabbos dinner with my beautiful family at his family's house in the five towns on Long Island. He spent the better part of four decades as a great assemblyman in Brooklyn, Borough Park specifically, and uh, now is uh, the voice, in my opinion, the voice for the Jewish people. And that particular cut from Governor Kathy Hochul really pissed him off. Here he is, the great Dove Hyken. Dove, Bernie's out today. It's just me, Sid. Good morning. How are you, pal? Uh, great to be with you, uh... Look, uh, nothing changes, uh, as we can see. You know, the the attacks, the anti-Semitic attacks, the ridiculous behavior of Democratic politicians. I mean, right in the middle of a, of a speech about the Holocaust, about things that she's doing for Holocaust survivors, right in the middle of that speech, what comes to her mind to attack DeSantis, to mock DeSantis, to tell everyone that he's not really as good as people think he is. And Florida is not really as wonderful as people think Florida is. And, you know, the, I, you know, I took a little search, uh, Sid, you know, how many people have moved to Florida <laughs> from New York? A lot. And the numbers are astronomical. By the way, I, I did it. I did it back in 2000. I spent 16 years living in Boca Raton just to move back to this mess. But, but let me tell you, I did the reverse of that. I wanted to know how many people from Florida want to come to our governor's New York. Sid, I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find an article. I couldn't find a story because no one is interested. People are not stupid. And, you know, you know this event, you know, going after the Santas, how pathetic, how sad. And, you know, look, she should apologize, which I know never will happen but, you know, what was that all about? What is the sickness about? It's just insane uh, what's going on here in New York. And I, I just got to say to people, to your audience, you know, I'm still a registered Democrat. 
But, you know, I'm also someone who has never been blind and have supported Republicans when I feel that they are more effective, that they will do a better job. And I think all of us should be that way. And here in New York, there is no future if we do not replace the present governor with a Republican. It's that simple. It really is. Crime is out of control. Anti-Semitism, out of control. The situation is out of control. And we have a governor who, you know, who's still interested in making the left, the progressive, the radicals of the Democratic Party, to, to make them happy. I mean, it's just insane what is going on. Uh, you know, again, I want everyone to remember that victims of crime, victims of anti-Semitism, Maybe, maybe to me it's a statistic, okay? It bothers the hell out of me. But to the victim of those attacks, of the attacks that are happening in New York, in unprecedented numbers on every single level, those people live with that trauma the rest of their lives. And anyone can become a victim. Now, listen, well said. And, and again, Lee Zeldin, this is a Democrat, folks. You're listening to Dope Hiking. That's why Lee Zeldin does have to win. Hochul is horrible. Eric Adams, our mayor, another Democrat, also terrible in his position. And I'll tell you, it wasn't that long ago, Dope Hiking, that I had to go on the air and ask people, please do not donate any money to the Museum of Jewish Heritage because Ron DeSantis was supposed to speak there and they ended up uh, axing his appearance. They got rid of it. So you got the Museum of, of Jewish Heritage axing Ron DeSantis. You got Kathy Hochul bringing up Ron in the middle of a Holocaust speech. There's this, there's this, this deal in New York where, where people are afraid of Ron DeSantis. And you know why? Because he's good. That is exactly the case. I don't know any politician or the people in Florida. I've, you know, I spend time in Florida. The people in Florida... The Jewish community, they love DeSantis, and the reason is a very simple one. The guy has done an unbelievable job on every single level. So, you know, the fact that, you know, our governor, in the middle of his speech on the Holocaust, needs to invoke DeSantis just shows how they fear him. I mean, he is the guy they fear because he's done a great job, because, you know, New York lost the congressional seat do I need to say more? No. The reason is because yep. of the population. Because right. we're not growing in population. We lost the congressional seat, for God's sake. Right. Yeah. Tom Sullivan, who's running for his uh, council in Queens, a dear friend of mine, though, dear, dear friend, he just sent me that. We lost a congressional seat. Over 353,000 people left New York last year. So he literally sent me that text as you were saying that. And that's a big problem. So about uh, three years ago, Dove, uh, me and Bernie won this very prestigious award some uh, a radio award for the best morning show in New York. And I went to go accept the award at this breakfast. And I bumped to a guy named Bill Ritter. I know you know who Bill Ritter is. Channel 7, he's the anchor. What you probably don't know is that he's from Kansas and he's Jewish. And he was going on and on at that breakfast. And he was very nice. He was very, very nice to me. But he was saying that there needs to be, there needs to be a two-state solution when it comes to Israel and the Palestinians. And I said, Bill, baby, Here's where you lost me. You think after that uh, family from Borough Park was shot down in Jerusalem a couple of days ago that Bill Ritter still feels the same way? Well, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, that area where those people were, were shot, again, innocent people, men, women, and children, it didn't matter. In fact, a mother sitting in the car, pregnant, okay, was shot through the belly. 
thank God, miraculously, everyone is recovering. Uh, the baby's in great difficulty. With God's help, that will work out as well. But, you know, there was a time, uh, Sid, years ago, where the people of Israel were prepared to make concessions and even have a two-state solution. I'm against the two-state solution. It can never work. It's a whole discussion. But, you know, the people of Israel want peace. But that was 10, 12 years ago, before the intifadas, before the wanton murder of Jews, men, women, and children, wherever they are, it doesn't matter. The people of Israel today, who want peace more than anything else in the world, understand you can't have peace if you don't have a partner. And Israel does not have a partner. You know, right now, in Palestinian schools under the Palestinian Authority, I mean, this has been going on forever, and no one does anything. The Trump administration did something, but the Biden administration has just returned a half a billion dollars uh, to the Palestinian budget. They teach children to hate. When your children go to school, elementary school, junior high school, high school, the textbooks teach hatred towards Israel, towards the Jewish people. So how is, how is, the, is the future generation supposed to grow up and not hate Jews and Israelis. That's kind of like and in America. They, 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 of, of they teach our kids in America to hate white people, even if they are already white. I'm being serious. I'm not even kidding, because my kids do go to school in New York City and both experience that. And, and they are turning these little African-American kids who are otherwise nice kids into racists. That's what they're doing here in New York. And what you're saying is they're turning these Palestinian kids who are just kids and don't know any better into hateful, murderous people at a very early age. Said the other thing they do, which is unbelievable. You want to talk a two-state solution? Right now, the policy of the Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas, is a terrorist who murders innocent people, right? Innocent people. And he gets killed by the Israeli Defense Forces. Guess what? The family of that terrorist, that family gets a monthly stipend oh my that God. adds up to tens of thousands of dollars. Jeez. Have you ever heard anything like that? Ay, ay, ay. I mean, I, I guess. Mean, this is nothing new. This yeah. has been going on. They, you know, and Mahmoud Abbas defends this policy. Again, the Trump administration did something about it by withdrawing hundreds of millions of dollars that we give to the Palestinians. But... You know, Biden put it all back. Oh, listen, don't forget, Biden worked for Obama. And one of the very last things that Obama did, that sneak that he was, maybe the night before he left office or the night before that, he actually had a pallet of cash delivered to the Palestinians in the middle of the night, which we know went right to Hamas and ended up going into all these terrorist organizations. Then came Trump. You're right. What did he do? He moved the capital, as other six presidents promised, to Jerusalem. He recognized the Golden Heights as a part of Israel. Israel, right? He he had a great relationship with Bibi Netanyahu. So with all that said, Dove Hyken, would you like to see Donald Trump run again in 2024? So I'll tell you, I'd like to see Donald Trump, who, again, I have said this again and again uh, everywhere. There has never been a president of the United States who has shown greater friendship to the people of Israel and recognize the alliance between the United States and Israel as Donald Trump. There is no number two. You know, Reagan was fantastic, but number one by far is Donald Trump. I just wish Donald Trump would, you know, calm down. I just wish that some of the rhetoric and some of the things that are said 
it, it bothers me. I got to be honest with you, Sid. You yeah. know, I supported him, but some of you know, I meet more and more people. I got to tell you, who praise Donald Trump, but they say, let him be a leader of the Republican Party, but let's get some new blood in. We just had this. No, I just had this conversation literally, Dove Hyken. I swear to you, two hours ago with Bo Deedle, who was a friend of Trump for thirty years, and said the same thing. Let Trump. You know, move out of the way. Let a guy like Ron DeSantis, because Laura Ingram even said it last night on Fox News, which MSNBC played all morning long. She said, I've been friends with Trump for 25 years. I love Donald Trump. I need a president with Donald Trump's policies, but not Donald Trump. That is precisely the case. I disagree, by the way. I want Trump back, but I understand all your points. No, no. I Look, it's, it's, I'm just concerned but Donald Trump will mess things up even in 2022. I'm not kidding. Uh-huh. I mean, the Republican Party has a chance for a huge victory in the Senate, in the House in 2022, and easily take back the presidency in 2024. I'm just not sure it could happen with Donald Trump. By the way, the polls indicate that. The only guy that Biden beats in 2024, if they both run, is Donald Trump. It scares the daylights out of me mm. because we cannot afford to have more of the Democratic Party, period. Fair enough. By the way, Lee Zeldin, Jewish. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> well, look, I got to tell you, Sid, you know, I, I I don't give a darn. You know, I was quoted in the Washington Post recently with regard, just two weeks ago, with regard to Jerry Nadler, the fact that New York may lose, uh, may not have a Jewish congressman. You know what I said? I don't give a damn if the guy's Jewish. I don't care. I'd rather have someone with a cross around their neck <laughs> who supports the things that we care about and supports Israel and is there for the people of this country than someone who wears a big yarmulke and has the rest of it. I, I don't give a darn if they're Jewish. I yeah. want to know what their commitment is right. and if they are there for America and for the state of Israel. I, I agree, too. Now there's an embarrassment. Although it doesn't hurt to have the greatest pitcher ever, Sandy Koufax, being a Jew. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I remember him. Wow. Wow. And by the way, though, he did not pitch on Yom Kippur, just so you know. I'm very much aware. I mean, those were were great, great days. And we see, look, we got some great pitchers on the Mets right now who uh, remind me of Sandy Koufax. Oh, yeah. We are a great – we had a rough night last night in Atlanta. We'll rebound tonight. It's been a fun season for the Mets. Hey, Dove, you're always terrific. I love you, your whole family. Thanks for coming on this morning. And you're right about Kathy Hochul. And you may be right about Donald Trump, too. We'll see. But either way, thank you for coming on. Sid, love you, thank you. Love you, too. The great Dove Hyken, right here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Alrighty, yes, indeed. Uh, not the Beat Bernie, uh, the Peerless Spoilers Beat Bernie game today. A special edition of the Beat Sid game due to Bernie's absence. Again, sponsored by Peerless Spoilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessSpoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Spoilers, America's best built boilers today. Our contestant for the game, the Beat Sid game, Jane in Charlotte, North Carolina. What's going on, Jane? Good morning. I'm so excited to play. You Listen should to you be. all every day. Yes, we all. No sports questions are very light on the sports questions, please. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> the game's already written, so <laughs> so, okay, there's, well, so, so there's no going back now. But we do have a couple of um, of politically based questions in there for you. Okay. 
Oh, wonderful. Good. Okay, so let's we'll we'll try and go at least two for five here, Jane. Okay, how about how, how does that sound? Okay. To you? All right. Always, I'll, I'll take that. Thank you. You're a retired teacher. What uh, what grade did you teach? Mostly fifth. Oh, okay. Very cool. I remember my fifth grade oh, yeah. teacher. I think. I think. Oh, yes, they're lovely. Yes, 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 they are. <laughs> I have fond memories of all of them, indeed. Sure. All right, do you think you're ready to go, Jane? Ready as I'll ever be. Let's try it. All right, let's do it. Here we go. Ready, number one, your dreaded first sports question. Who was the oh, last dear. Who was the last Yankee to throw a perfect game who did so in 1999? I don't even know a Yankee pitcher. I'm oh, sorry. How about that? All right. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax. Oh, yeah. David Cohn would be the correct answer. Okay. Had a lot of cone heads running around Yankee Stadium back in 99. <laughs> All right, here Not we go. Not on my tongue. In, okay. In number two. In 2005, uh, in 2005, then U.S. Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld refused the United Nations Commission access to inmates at what detention center located in Cuba? Guantanamo Bay. That one was more up your alley, huh, Jane? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Of course, nope. All right, one for two. Here we go. Number three. What year did the New York football Giants set the franchise record for most wins in a season with 14, where they also won the Super Bowl? Well, I'll just take a guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, 1998. About 12 years off there, Jane. 1986 (laughs) is the correct answer. Good guess, though. Good guess. We appreciate we appreciate the effort. We appreciate the effort. All right, number four. Here we go. One for three thus far. Anti-slavery meetings held by former Whig Party members in Ripon. Is that how you say it? Ripon? I, I have no idea. How do you say it? Ripon. Ripon. Whatever. Whatever. Come on. Members in Ripon, Wisconsin, led to the formation of what political party in 1854? The Republican Party. <laughs> Nice. Very nice, Jane. Thank All right. You. Two for four. Here we go. Let's try and go three for five. I don't know about this last one. This is probably the oh. toughest one. Yeah, here we go. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> Which guard in 1990 set the NBA record for most <laughs> assists in a single game with 30? <laughs> <Not a first-week laughs> Come on, Jane. Oh. Come on, Jane. You know this, Jane. Okay. No, I do not. Oh. Uh, Larry Bird, I don't know. Oh. Well, you two-legged back of the Yeah. Come on. Hey, Jane, what would we say, right? Two for five. We'll go two for five. You hit your goal. Uh, it's very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you don't sound uh, impressed with yourself, but that's okay. I'm in, I'm impressed with you. I think you did a great job. All right, hang out on hold here for a couple minutes. You'll get a chat with the big guy here after uh, he loses to you. How does that sound? Thank you. All right. Uh, you need to get three right to win today's game. How's that sound? Oh, I'm going to win. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. might. You might. I don't know. I know you're probably at least going to get two wrong. Let's see. Uh, let's see. All right. You ready? No. Okay. Number one. Stop. Stop that. He's dying right Every now. Every time so. I go to these breaks, I have these uh, M&Ms, and I, and I put like 9,000 in one hand and shove it in my mouth, you know, like 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 a porn, and then I start like choking what? every time. Like a what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go. Okay. Here, <laughs> number one. <laughs> Who was the last Yankee to throw a perfect game? He did so in 1999. See, here's where I get confused. Cone or Wells? Mm. Neither one of those, huh? Uh, is it neither one of those? Nineteen ninety nine. That was uh, quite a second here. Uh, that was the Yankee team that beat the uh, before they beat the match in the World Series. They beat the Braves. Oh, Ew. David Wells. Wrong. You two-legged back of anthrax. Jesus. It was the other guy. 
David Cohn. It was Cohn. Yeah. Son of a. Okay. Well, if you watch the Yankee games, they bring it up want, all the I'm time. I'm a Met fan. Uh, I'm a yes, Met right. fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Want some evidence? Yeah. <laughs> Die. Yeah, I never did that. Here we go. Number two. Over one. In 2005, then U.S. Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld refused the United Nations Commission access to inmates at what detention center located in Cuba? Guantanamo Bay. Oh. Well, that was, very, that was very smart of you. Shut up. That was like a Bernie question that you got right. Yeah. All right, here we go. Number three. What year did the New York football Giants set the franchise record for most wins in a season with 14, where they also won the Super Bowl? I remember, well, they won 14 and 2. Their only losses, I believe they lost the first game of the year to Dallas Monday night, then Seattle beat them later in the year. And they went on to beat John Elway and the Broncos in Pasadena. Phil Sims was huge that year. 1986. <laughs> the same year the Mets beat the Red Sox and won the World Series. In when fact, I... I was watching Game 7 of the Mets and Red Sox and the Giants-Redskins Monday night when Joe Morris rushed for 200 yards. How about that? I don't remember, though. Okay. No. Yeah, that's cool. Off the top of his head, <laughs> here we go. Number four. <laughs> so impressed. <laughs> Two for three. This is to win the game. Anti-slavery meetings held by former Whig Party members in Ripon, Wisconsin, led to the forma- formation of what political party in 1854? Democrats. Wrong, you two-legged bag of Republicans. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Why wouldn't you go with your political party? I don't care. Yeah, but if you're going to guess. Uh... I'm still thinking about the Giants and Redskins and about to get naked. You want to go back? To 86. Yeah. It was a good night. It was a good year. I was at... Um, Rutgers University on a rainy night in Piscataway, New Jersey, when Mookie Wilson hit the ground ball underneath Bill Buckner's legs. And I was about to do a bunch of funnel shots at some uh, fraternity party on a rainy night in Piscataway. Did you do the funnel shots anyway? Oh, I got hammered. Oh, okay. I think I made my pants that night. I, I was so drunk. Yeah. That's never a good sure. look. All right. Yeah. There we go. Good story. Especially after M&M's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number five. Did I win? No, not yet. You have no. to get this one uh, right. Oh, hurry up. Come on. The show's over. Well, you're the one who keeps uh, Let's go. gesturing over there. Here we go. Number five. Which guard in 1990 set the NBA record for most assists in a single game with 30? 30 assists in one game? Yes. That's not a true story. Mm. John Stockton. Wrong. you two-legged back. Magic back Johnson. Back Never get this one. No, hold on, hold on. But you know the player. I know the player. Oh, yeah. 30 assists in one game. I need one hint. Don't give it away. White. Alliter- alliteration. Both his... It's That's true. But both guys. his first, first and last name and starts last with the same, same letter. First and last name? That's impossible. No one's going to get that. Okay. Okay, well, just a hint. He was a white guy? Yes. He's a white guy. Well, he still is a white guy. Wait, is he, was he a big... Uh, all-star guard? Or? Not really. No, he was like a medium. What team? I'm curious. What team? Magic. On the Orlando Magic? I think he played on the Pacers. Didn't he play on Indiana, I think? I don't even know. Who is it? Scott Skiles. Oh, Skiles. He did play in Indiana, too. Okay. Very good. He's a coach for a long time. All right, so I played to a 2 2 We got to go. So who's uh, who played me? Jane in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, I love Charlotte. Jane, what's teacher. up? How are you? Thank you. A nice job. Hi, Sam. How are you, love sweetheart? You. Hi. I listen to you all every day. Make my morning. You know, my father-in-law lives in Charlotte. Well, I've heard you speak, I think, about Lake Norman. Yes. You live in Sh- oh yes. My. You remember that? Yeah, Danielle, my beautiful wife, grew up in Charlotte, and she's and, we, and I've been to Lake Norman with her father, Peter, many times, and Matthew's in Independence for a fish fry on a Friday oh, night. And her yes. mom went to UNC Charlotte, by the way, my wife's mom. 
So did I. Way to go. All right. You got that cute accent, too. You you are adorable. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes. I do have that <laughs> So cute. That's great. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, thank you for listening to me and Bernie every day, and thank you for playing, and God bless you, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Gene and Charlotte. We'll come back and wrap things up. It's been a great show. Tuesday morning, Bernie and Sid. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Bright and early next morning, he brought my letter back. She wrote about it. Return. Ah, the great Elvis Presley once again passed away 45 years ago today. I saw the movie, thought it was good, not great. Thought uh, Butler was great, though. Tom Hanks, good. Uh, a little boring for me the first 45 minutes or so, then it picks up. Either way, long live the king. Elvis Presley died today. 45 years ago, Babe Ruth and uh, Aretha Franklin also died on this date. What a great show today. Uh, we all hope Bernie feels better. In fact, Bernie's supposed to call me at about 4 o'clock. I, he won't be here tomorrow, but maybe he'll be back on Thursday. We'll see. We've got a big show tomorrow planned. Today was great. A heck of a show. Bo Deedle was uh, terrific. Dove Hiking, great. Dr. Nicole Sapphire, great, too. And uh, this cast, every day, Lou Rafino, Hall of Famer, just tremendous job today. Justin Ellick, great always. Macedonia Phil, the same. Frankie Diaz with an E. Deb Valentine, tremendous. Jacqueline Carl, Rocco. Did I forget anybody? I miss, I don't know. We are done for today. <laughs> we'll all be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. It's a beautiful day here in New York City, folks. Enjoy it. I guess Brian Kilmeade is coming up next. Although, I know he's out today. He'll be back tomorrow. Enjoy your Tuesday morning in New York from all of us to all of you. Peace! Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.